river kingdoms, a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevois sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevois seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugar-Fueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone. To let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 26. So, when last we left you, you had um, done nothing of interest. It was a dull and uninteresting session. You can't remember what happened. Well, no, no. It was the grand dramatic. Yeah, yeah. It's, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, the, um, the last session I dealt with the aftermath of the big revelation about Goody Nesca. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the. Uh, the it was actually the aftermath instead of the dealing. Yeah, yeah, no, because oh, we, we, had, we, had, we had three... Well, I thought it was pretty interesting. Particularly the part where I lost four points of loyalty. <laughs> um, but the... Um, which minus the four points I lost from not having good units that are at a council was minus eight. But yes, uh, in the previous three sessions, I found out Goody Niska was an evil was an evil cultist, fought her, fought the demon that she had summoned, and then... Um, Told the kingdom that my first counselor was an evil, that they'd been, you know, been trusting to tell them my problems was an evil cultist. Mm-hmm. And they did not take it well. Mm-hmm. And we had done the kingdom turn that was associated with that month. Yep. But there were various personal conversations that um, I wanted to have in the course of that to prepare for next month, which is, of course, the wedding. Yep. No problem. Okay. So, I believe we've basically wrapped that in its entirety. Yep. And are pretty much ready to move on to wherever, whenever. Yep, so the theory was I'd like to wrap up some various conversations that I want to have before moving on to next month, because next month we'll be reorganising the council. Yep. On the basis that in that month Brun will become queen and thus we'll be reorganising the council of position. It will be reorganising the council of positions and we need... Yep. Is it called? They're all called councillor positions. They are all councillors. Yes. And there is one of them. It's, it's your. It, it specifically, it is your royal council. Right. One of whom the positions is high councillor. Right. Yep. So the yeah, we need to fulfil. Uh, we need to move the council positions around and fulfil councillors. So yep. there's various things people I want to talk to about either councillors or wedding type things. If you wish to change the name of them, names of them, you're most welcome to. No, that's okay, I won't go down the foot padding route. Actually, no. That's actually just me, apparently. 
I call them your royal council. They're specifically referred to as leadership roles. Ah, right. So your leadership roles, people. Yeah, yeah, no, council. We'll go, keep, just keep calling them councillors. Because <laughs> it sounds less stupid. Okay, so... Yes. I want to talk to Brent. <clears throat> yeah. So this will be some days after the last conversation we had where we said we were still going ahead with wearing because mm-hmm. we had a squadron of assassins couldn't stop us. Mm-hmm. And you worked out that Goody Niska had um, been setting her up to um, dump you. Yeah. Which didn't work. Screw her anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so I wanted to ask you, um, is there... What would, what would you like, you know, for the wedding and that? Uh, this is where I am supposed to pick uh, from these things Tristan keeps showing me. Bridal leaflets. No, I was thinking um, what we should... The thing is, it's supposed to be about what you would like. And I think we should do, you know what you actually want, not what you're supposed to want. Ah. Well. I would like to marry you. Me too. And I want to get married in the Church of Aristotle. Understand. I am led to understand we have to wait for the kissing bits. Yeah. It's more about what kind of ceremony would you like. And what you want to wear and stuff. But, you know, it can be really what you want to wear, not what we want you to want to wear. Uh, we are going to have many more people there, aren't we? Like circus performers at Vance. Yeah, there'll be some, there'll be some, you know, foreign types, probably, maybe Van, although I think he was a bit, he and, um, he and Lord Thorne are both a bit stressed out in their respective kingdoms, so they may or may not be able to come. But, um, you know, I'm kind of, we have to invite Rayleigh if I'm kind of hoping he won't show. <laughs> and, you know, we might get some dignitaries from the further away countries, but I'm not really sure. You know, several weddings in a couple of months, they might all be, all be too tired. But, yeah, there will be some important... There will be likely some important foreign types there. Hmm. I am not... A proper holy man, not a proper holy one like Father Bravia or Corwin or even you, but I, I would like to have a, uh, mm, uh, actually I think this will work, even with the king, yeah, yeah, I think it will, I'd like to have a procession to his statue, to around, around his statue as part of this. Caleb will give a big grin. Absolutely. So basically, like on the way to the church or on yeah. the way from the church, completely unfasted the church. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll totally do that. Absolutely. If it was a, uh, if he was still around, and you know, a lot of traditions, he'd be giving you away. This can be kind of like that. Hmm. I would like him to have been there but in his absence I would like Corwin to sell me to you <laughs> give you away yes 
we can check. But, but I understand I am valuable. Aye, absolutely. It, uh, yeah, I see what you. I see what you mean. But um, selling woman kind of sounds like slavery, and it's it's. I have talked to the children of the West. They say it happens often. Yeah, but it's not not what our marriage is going to be like. <laughs> yes, so she would like calling to uh, functionally play father of the bride. Yeah, sweet. Now, if you poke at this point, she basically says that. She doesn't really consider him a father figure per se, but he's a holy one. That makes sense. That's a neat idea. I'll have Tristram as, and I'll have Tristram as my best man. Past that, I have no family. Everyone I know and care about is here already. Good. And um, we can, if you like, we can keep the try and keep the ceremony as low-key as possible, more like Vans with just a big party for everyone. Not too for, not too formal. That'd be my preference. I don't really know how to behave at those big, fancy, noble parties that some people have. I heard Drelev say that Vans was uh, rustic. Yeah. Let's be rustic. Let's be rustic. If only to rub it in his face. That's a, that seems like a good enough reason in and of itself. And on, on second thought, I don't really want Drelev to come, but I wouldn't mind if that get that showed up from the first year that said I'd marry a greased pig turned up just to see what an awesome woman I got, so I could rub it in his face. Yeah, not not inviting them is a is a uh, reasonably serious diplomatic insult. Yeah, it effectively says that you don't want to have any relations with their kingdom of any kind. Which would be true, but you know, I'm you not know, actually going to it's, say It's that. one of those things, they don't have to show up, but you have to pretend to care enough to invite them. Yeah, I'll, invi- I'll invite him and I'll hope he doesn't want to rust that come. Maybe we can make a few deliberate misspellings in the invitation. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, do, we'll invite him and we'll just hope he doesn't invite show Invite him to the Bayern dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's going to be way more rustic yeah. than Vance. You don't want well, to come. You could absolutely send him a nicely gilded letter, you know, inviting him to come and join in the square dancing and chicken chats. <laughs> and see what he does with it. No, that's right. I don't think we'll, we'll... We'll be good and not stack the deck against him. Okay, and... That sounds, that sounds pretty cool to me. Um, I'm fishing for it that's everything she wants pretty much yeah sweet and I'm assuming she's going to wear basically Kalen's endeavouring to convey he's fine with her wearing what she normally wears Mm -hmm. you know if she wants to um, you know he's he's going to um, he he would like to wear his plate if she's okay with that Mm -hmm. cool it's pretty yep that's right. I, no, I'm gonna. Um, no, I'm gonna get a nice set of leather armor. Yep, that's no problem. pretty because it's, it's lighter and slightly less um, clanky. Cool. All right. So, all right. So, um, Kaelin will in fact ask Christian to be his best man. Yep. Which, yes, I'd, I'd be delighted, of course. Cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Why? Uh, 
do you know what manner of ceremony you ha- you'll be having? I mean, the tradition of best man goes as far back as the days of the ancient fey lords and ladies, where the best man was there to take over the ceremonial wedding of the bride, should the groom be killed before the, marriages could, the marriage could come to pass. Well, there was once a fascinating duel between the best man and the groom in the wedding of Lord... Although that's probably not going to come up, so, so never mind. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and um, we'll ask... Um, it depends on if Bryn would like me to ask Corwin or would prefer to ask him himself. Uh, she's done it herself. Sweet. Brilliant. Cool. And unsurprisingly, he's agreed. Yep. As long as he doesn't have to make any speeches. Yep. Yeah, if we need speeches, we'll have Tristram or Michaela make them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In fact, Tristram's pretty much obliged to make one. Because <laughs> that's, that's one of the things that goes along with the best man. Unless you're, you know, the kind of guy who just shows up and doesn't remember, doesn't prepare a speech. Not that we know anyone like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so that's cool. So um, that basically sums up what Caitlin wants to organise about the wedding. Yep. So um, I figured, like, uh, we can just say there'll be, uh, you know, rustic games are pretty, and that it'll be pretty similar to Van's wedding, and then only play out the bits we want to play out style yep. of thing. Yep. I wouldn't mind, um, you know, do, doing some manner of playing out the ceremony yeah, itself. Yeah, you just don't want to do the various fair games and things around it. And having just... It's kind of like, you know, we did the first founding day, but we didn't do the subsequent yep, founding yep. day because we figured it would be pretty similar to the first founding day. Yeah, yep. and I'll probably, I'll, I'll probably give you meetings with people that you haven't already just engaged with advanced. Yeah, exactly. You know, if different people... I definitely want to know who's showing up and yep. if different people show up. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's all good. Um, cool. Michaela is she? She is your diplomat, isn't she? Yes. Forget what's that? Where your council is currently at? Yes. Um, Michaela will take charge of inviting everyone and sundry. Yeah. Um, and we'll receive invitations. We'll, we'll receive messages back that um, you will be receiving a number of people. Um, among other things. You will be receiving a delegation from Varnhold, unsurprisingly. Yay! You'll be receiving a delegation... Uh, they, they pretty much don't specify who at this yeah, point, that, this far out. That's fine. Um, well, actually, more likely these invitations have already long gone out. Yeah. And um, you've already long gotten the responses. So, delegation from Varnhold, delegation from... Um, uh, from Fort Dre Live. Great. Um, delegation from Pytax... I wonder if it's going to be that same dude. A delegation from Mivon. Alright, so I definitely need to have that conversation with first. Delegation from Mivon, cool. Um, delegation from Dagamark. Nice. Um, and They're always a party. Brevoy, of course, will not be sending one. Um, however, Lord Eldest Thorn of Brevoy sends a separate letter to indicate that he'll be coming down to talk to have a, a formal meeting with you about the civil war in Brevoy. Right. That just, you know, happens to fall a day before your wedding. If you could possibly fit him in, that would be extremely convenient. Score. Awesome. So he's he's definitely not coming to your wedding. Yeah. He's just in town on the day it happens. Yep, understood. <laughs> At which point it would only be polite. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Is that because um, diplomatically 
Uh, is that because Thorn-wise it's not a good idea for him to come, or is that because Bravoy-wise Bravoy doesn't want to send me a delegation because I'm in bad odour with them? Uh, you, you get an official response back from Bravoy saying, you know, thank you for your invitation. Unfortunately, we aren't able to attend at this time due to internal matters and pressures and rah, rah, rah. Yeah. Um, then you get a separate communique from the House of Thorn yeah. that says I'll be coming to speak to you officially on behalf of Bravoy yeah. about this incident. Yeah. Awesome. You know, conveniently the day before. Cool. Shiny. Caitlin seems very happy about that. Alright, well that's pretty... Really, that's a pretty cool crowd with, you know, the exception of Fort Draylift. Mm-hmm. But, um, and Pytex, if it's the last time, at least they're not sending someone who's much of a party killer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really. Still, maybe, maybe it won't be him. We can hope. <laughs> Alright. For that dirty sense of the founding day. Alright, uh, cool, shiny. Alright, so, um, Kaelin had been meaning to have this conversation with First ever since he'd gotten home from Varnhold, but, you know, stuff keeps happening. Yep. But he will actually sit down with First. All good? Yep, just take your hands all Yep. Okay, so, you, um, go to see First in, in, in his house. Yep. Um, which he, he officially has a house as, as a counsellor. Because he doesn't, um, generally speaking, eat or sleep, it's it's largely pointless to him. Yeah. But it is... We were, we were using it as a temporary jail when we didn't yeah, have a jail, yeah. but we're not it, doing that anymore. It is a convenient location in which to find him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, however, at this point, when you go in, you, you knock on his door. Um, there isn't an answer, and you, you push the door open. Go inside. Um, there are his. He's got candlelight up around. Well, assuming it's night. It's it's night. Yep. He's got candlelight up around the place, and the first is actually in bed of all things. Um, mm. Not actually lying in it. He's just kind of sitting in bed with the blanket loosely draped over his knees, um, just staring into the candlelight, and doesn't seem to have responded to your nod. Your, your knock. Sorry. First, are you okay? I will pass my hand in front of his eyes. There's a metallic click-click as he sort of blinks, seems to come back to himself, turns his head slightly. There's, there's a little noise of a couple of gears. He says, Ah, yeah, you're Caelan doing him, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Ah, Caelan. This unit apologises. It was contemplating. Oh, I, not, I did not hear you enter. Sorry. I did not hear you knock. Sorry, did I wake you? I do not sleep. I was thinking. Ah, well, sorry to disturb you. Um, there's something I um need to talk to you about. I um should have done it when I got back from Varnhold, but stuff happened. I got a bit distracted. It is un- it, it is quite understandable. I will offer my resignation immediately. Ah, someone else has been talking to you first. Have you heard about thirty-eight then? He he looks at you impassively. It would be blankly, but he doesn't really have a lot of facial expressions. I am unfamiliar with I am unfamiliar with this designation. I offer to resign in regard in regards to my recent failure of position of duties. I have found myself contemplating it frequently recently. Uh, it is not a stake I am familiar with. What failure are you talking about? It is my job to. 
he literally twitches slightly, and there's a couple of grinding noises from him. It would be the sort of modem noises if he, yeah. were, if he wasn't a magic golem instead yeah. of an actual robot. He sort of goes, I, I, I failed to protect that which matters most. My job is to enforce the laws within this kingdom, uh, to keep its citizens safe. I did not protect Brun. Oh, I see. I have failed to protect that which matters most. No, that's not true. You did protect her. If you hadn't come on your scene when you did, they would have undoubtedly have killed her. You saved her life. That is one way of looking at it. Another way is to suggest this unit has failed in its primary purpose. That's not how I see it. The thing is, um... I know you're not exactly like us, but you're your own kind of person. So, the thing of it is, everybody makes mistakes. And sometimes they're very bad ones. I'm, as a king, you can see that my, my primary purpose was incompatible with hiring Goody Nisker as a counsellor. Yes, but it is unlikely that you will be deactivated. Is that what you're concerned about? I... I... I am to protect that which matters most. When I do not, I, I am deactivated. No, that won't happen. I see you as a person... And if a person makes a mistake, and then we sort it out and we move on. Switmana made some mistakes. I made some mistakes. Gooding, well, not that example. Everybody made mistakes here. Everybody should have seen this coming and they didn't. If I had made better choices, Oleg would be alive now. That's a responsibility I have to live with. You have responsibilities here, but... It wasn't just your fault. It was the end. As you are a person, when you make mistakes, you learn from them and you move on. Nobody's going to deactivate you. This unit understands. Then there is no need for further contemplation on this matter? Um... It depends if if it helps you figure out what you could have done differently, then it might be helpful. If it's just making you feel bad without out profit, then I don't think so. I think that's something you have to figure out for yourself. Uh, can you roll me a six motive at minus four? Yep. Oh yeah, that was a good time for that. Uh, 18. Okay, so you, you think, um, you, you would say that he's feeling guilty and this is weighing on his mind, which is sort of true, um, but, but more than that, he's actually almost having a logic fail. Yeah. If his purpose is to protect that which matters most, and he's given Bryn that position, and he can't fulfill that, then he serves no function, it's, it's sort of having an existential crisis, 
but but it's literally overloading his circuits. When he says he's contemplating it, he means he's involuntarily sh- like literally shutting down the periods. Yeah. To process to try and process the logic hole. Yeah. So yeah, in that case, yeah, yeah. I don't think you need to keep contemplating that. I don't think you failed to protect. What was your total? Eighteen. And you will also get that um, somewhere in there, um, the the fact that it's Bryn is relevant to this. Like he's he's put her above random Joe civilian of the kingdom. He because he's obviously failed to prevent any number of crimes before. Yeah. Or you wouldn't have crimes in your kingdom, period. Yeah, which would be fantastic and amazing, but is absolutely not the case. Yeah, um, and he's never taken those personally. But does I am. The thing is, um, I mean, it depends on how you assign that which matters most. Yeah. But if you assume that he takes his res- he takes his leave from Caelan, Bryn clearly matters more to Caelan than other people yeah. do. And if you have to assign things a hierarchy, she's at, at the top. At the beginnings of the kingdom, he had it as the people of Stagthorn. Yeah. Whereas now he's clearly elevating specific people above that. Yeah. Which isn't unreasonable. No, I mean, from no. a certain point of view, so do the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just. Um, the rest of us don't um, might feel guilty, but um, our logic circuits don't fry. Yeah, so that's that's what you. Yeah. Pick up so, those. given the role, do, do I get? Can I get as well? Is this helping him? Yes, you you've essentially fixed his problem. Cool. Well, um, because he will actually get over it vastly quicker than a norm, than a person would, because he doesn't have to deal with the emotional weight of it. Yeah. It's just click. Problem fixed. Sweet. Then, if you did not come to request this unit's resignation, what is the 38th matter we have to speak of? When we were um, at Varnholz, there was um, a number of kingdoms sent delegations, including Pytax. Pytax sent a unit whose designation was 38th. Numerically related to my own? I believe he's a later model. Describe this unit. And I'll yeah, yeah, and you can do it. It's kind of like you, but for the later model, and he. Hmm. He didn't seem to be capable of the same things that you are. Like, talking to him, he could make responses to conversation, but he seemed more like. Well, more like what Tristram thinks regular golems are like. He seemed less uh, intelligent, I suppose, is the best word for it. This unit has no background on designation 38, but there are several extensive gaps within my memory as a result of earlier damage. It is possible I knew it. Or it's possible he was after your time, but... I think at this point it's extremely likely that your original, the place where you were made, was Pytax. Your logic is without flaw. Which would suggest that what you were originally protecting as what matters most isn't what you're doing now. What then was my original function? Based on his behaviour and what I found out about the other units from the other diplomats there, uh, from the servants that came in with him, I would say it would have been closely related to 
the king, protecting the king of Pytax. I can't say for sure. That is incorrect. Excuse me. This unit does not have a more helpful answer for you. But your premise is incorrect. I know this. Huh. I protect that which matters most. (coughs) It is a source of discomfort and frustration that I do not know what that is, but I know what it is not. It's not the King of Pyte... You know it's not the King of Pytax. Designation Festerosio Eriveti is incorrect. That's the King of Pytax. Yeah. Alright, okay. Which he would absolutely know anyway. Every citizen on the street would know that. Well, that's 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 actually really interesting. It means that we may not be as close as we thought to figuring out the answer. Yeah, just it, it jogs him. Yeah. He doesn't know what's right, but he knows that's not right. Yeah. Oh, well, um, I, anyway, I wanted you to know about this. I don't know if it changes anything for you. If there, um, if it makes any difference to you. It is of interest if this 38th appears within, within the boundaries of my duties in Stagthorn, I would like to speak with him. But it is ultimately, as you would say, in the past. That's fine. That's what I would prefer. Are there other relevant ramifications of which this unit is unaware? If you are originally of Pytax, there is some concern you would be re- you could potentially be reprogrammed. Or that ingrained commands have been buried within. This is a possibility that I am a security threat to Stagnol. But it is it is a potential risk. Um, I would like to manage it by us keep you keeping an eye out for it. If anyone attempts you to do that, I would like you to resist them. And for us to keep an eye out for you. Of course. Anybody can be controlled in that manner. Humans can be influenced by magic and the like. I will make you aware if I am aware of any undue efforts to influence me. And we'll keep an eye out for you. What I'd like to do is retain you in your position. I just wanted you to be aware of what we'd found out. I appreciate this information. And that's where I'd like to... Yep. I will um, speak to the other councillors in his absence privately and let him know, basically, that this is what I've decided not to put too fine a point on it. Yeah, I mean, Tristan has the biggest problem with it in that he's the one most aware of the potential outcomes and concerned about them, but he's also the guy that trusts first completely and doesn't have the slightest um, objection. Yeah. So I think the theory is... Um, As to the rest of your council, they're just glad he's not a cultist of Guy Rona. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they're pretty confident that he isn't. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, whatever he... I'll pass along specifically to Tristram privately what first told me about 
um, that what what matters most that he's short what matters most isn't the um, isn't the clockwork king interesting I don't know what that means but it, it, to be honest it, it makes me feel like whoever created him and it might be Ravetti had a but it might not too maybe whoever it is is now working for Ravetti it had a larger and more interesting purpose for first he's just a bit too bright. I mean, there was really no reason to make him so intelligent if all they wanted him to do was the usual sort of golem duties. As you said, there's a reason people don't make golems the smartest of all. I, I quite agree. And if you've noticed, he's evolving, growing slowly, certainly no faster than the rest of us, but it's not something they traditionally do. They're built to a certain level of skill and stay there. Essentially, I, he's, he's leveling. Yeah. Aye, he's um... He's Slow, pick- slowly, because yeah. he's an NPC, but... He's picking more stuff up. It's a it's a weird thing. He's um... He felt guilty about what happened to Bryn. Sort of. Um, it was giving them logic issues. I, I suppose that would be close to... Oh. I would just love to take him apart and see what makes him tick. If only I could be sure I could put him back together again. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, if if I possessed better ancient information or this sort of thing, like from a lost ruin, or if <laughs> the opportunity will probably never come up again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope for that. Let's hope for that. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so while I'm talking to Tristram anyway, I will ask him about the rebirth of Armag. Armag. Ah, yes. He can make me a knowledge check. <laughs> he can fumble his knowledge No, check? no, he can roll a 20. Oh, okay. Uh, which would well, be that, should be, that should be good for two hours. Suppose you're more Arg and all who know Armag and all who know and love him. <laughs> That would merely be a 31 on this uh, knowledge history. Ah, um, uh, Tristram. Is he a substitute for an entire party's worth of knowledge making? <laughs> yes, yes, he is. I was just saying, I, I used to have four people that did this, <laughs> and now I just have Tristram, and yet I'm no less informed. There, There is actually a song associated with this, which he does know, which he would sing you but the GM hasn't got him in front of him, so... Because it's on the computer and Luke's asleep in there. That's okay. Um, but but some, can I have it sung to me another time? Yes, if you ask again later, I will give you the story of Amag, the twice-born in song. Awesome. Instead of really in... Um, that sounds tremendous. Okay, new notes sheet for next session notes. Uh, Amag... You don't mean Amag the Twiceborn. Well, it sounds like someone's going for number three. Possibly? Tell me more about Amag the Twiceborn. Oh, it's a fascinating tale. I mean... Surely... Surely 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 you've heard of it? Why, it's a story of the clash of gods and kings and ancient magic. I mean... So the story goes. More currently, it's just used as a, as a curse, as a curse of the Black Sisters. But well, I'll start from the beginning, shall I? Mm-hmm. He looks very excited, um, and he starts telling you at elaborate length 
about uh, Armagh the twice born. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be giving you the more summarised version. Yeah. I'm not at all troubled by the fact that you've opened the last couple of pages of the book to tell me this, incidentally. Ah, now remember, this this book is printed out of order. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. bits at the back aren't necessarily book six. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Ahmad uh, the Twiceborn is was one of, what it is sorry was one of the greatest of the Tiger Lord Tiger Lord Barbarians warlords, and you know who the Tiger Lords mm. are. They are basically an ancient barbarian people from around this area. They're um, almost vaguely the American Indians of the mm. area. They've they've had the crap massacred out of them a few times. They still actually exist as a as a race and a culture. Um, they're they're on Drelev's land, and he. You haven't really heard of him having any lengthy, serious clashes with them, but they're no doubt a massive pain in his ass. Um, and Tristan spins you elaborate tales of um, how they came out of the realm of the mammoth lords up up where the ice came. They're they're also supposed to be forerunners of the um, the Olfen people as well, um, many many years ago. But uh, Amag is a more recent, you know, within the last within the last thousand years on, um, was the height of their power, the Julius Caesar of their people, um, and he he was said to be a mighty champion of Gorum, the Iron Lo- the Iron Lord and God of War. Um, that Armag um, brought terrifying, terrible death to his enemies and just swept the land and drenched them with blood. Um, he wasn't actually per se a terribly religious person, but his actions drew Gorham's favour because he was a great champion of war with everyone for mm-hmm. any reason. And Gorham is of course good and neutral on the subject mm. of, of it. Um, however, and you know, Corwin could probably tell you more of this from his vast religious learnings in the temples of Phrasma. Mm-hmm. Ah, what? Yeah, from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, well, uh, pride was his downfall, of course. Uh, he boasted that he would live forever and that death itself could never slay him. Well, uh, the Lady of the Boneyard, Phrasma, was said to be offended by this claim, that he alone of all mortals would resist her judgment. I can see why. Uh, the last battle is, is supposed... The last battle is supposed to have had... Uh, a clash on the battlefields between servitors of Phrasma, servitors of Gorum, and the gods themselves arguing in the heavens about it. Being uh, that Go- Gorum wanted to keep him around as, a, as champion and Phrasma wanted to demonstrate that he wasn't, in fact, immune to death? Quite. I mean, he, he certainly died. He certainly did die. All the records very clearly agree on that. He was slain in that battle uh, by a red dragon, if I recall correctly. Blimey. Yeah, he was badass. Yeah. Like, epic level barbarian. Yeah. Um, well, he doesn't sound like the sort of fellow we'd want back, and I'm sensing that wasn't the half of it, given that's only up to one once born. Well, that's as far as the, yeah, that's as far as the actual history goes. I mean, the cult of, Gar- the cult of Garona have co-opted his legend, um, Seems a bit odd. Sounds very male. They've claimed that Amag will be born again into their care, hence Amag the Twiceborn. 
that the great champion will rise up again and destroy all of the civilizations that have been built after his fall. That's where they that's that's where they run to agreement with Garona's philosophies. Because she is of course the eater of civilization. Yes. Um, it, so he tells you that it is a um But it seems an odd choice. I mean surely one of their own would be a more suitable champion for them. I must have had numerous frankly young Oh, Niska wasn't um, too bad, although I suppose fighting-wise she wasn't a lot to speak of. Well, but dangerous certainly, but uh, would, would you really call her a figure of legend? Nay, although, you know, give her a few hundred years and she might be. Or at least she might have been if she'd gotten off to a good start. There must have been other women who've gotten a long way in the cult, done real damage, that kind of thing. As I understand it, uh, um, I would be an excellent rallying point for anyone, I- any of the Tiger Lords, or indeed any uh, opponent of civilization. I, I suppose you draw all the barbarians round to you. In, in any event, it's it's only a claim from the Black Sisters that uh, one day Amag will be born again. Well, that's what Niska threatened me with on her deathbed, for whatever it's worth. See, well, and I have to say, um, given the last um, woman, a Garona, who threatened me with something before she died, I'm taking it a bit more serious now. I, I mean, I've I've heard the curse and indeed the legend used four or five times before in the, in the last in the last thousand years or so. Uh, Amag the Twice Born has supposedly been born many times, but no one's ever, you know. This scene actually rampaging him. with his hordes. Yeah, the, um, the without the horde, it's it's not really. Yeah, no, I get you. Gosh, all of this information might be really relevant later at some point. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like it's being foreshadowed. And yeah, he he was essentially totally an epic level barbarian. Yeah. Um, yes, I don't want to fight a guy who took a red dragon to kill last time before he was undead. Who bore who who bore a sword called Orvum Bane, the enemy of all enemies? Yes, what it was Bane everything. That it's literally what the blade was called, the enemy of all enemies. The enemy of all enemies. That's, that's what Orvum Bane translates to: is the bane of everything, the enemy of all enemies. Yes, from the Tiger Claw tongue. Okay, that's good and troubling. All right, I have been just uh, I have determined the meaning of my portent. I have been yep. portented. Yep. <laughs> It all seems terribly important. It sounds like foreshadowing rather yeah. than anything that's going to immediately come up. Yeah, no, I, I kind of figured there would be, but it's good to. But it's nice to know what's being foreshadowed. It's kind of a different conversation if I'm watching out for a barbarian yeah, he, dude at the head of a, ma- a barbarian dude at the head of a massive barbarian horde, as opposed to say a red dragon. He or doesn't a lich really have that, that clear an understanding of why. Um, why the Black Sisters of Gorona would be so heavily involved, and beyond the, the yeah. very obvious, he's he's the champion of the enemy of civilization. They yeah. have civilization too. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, no doubt Niska could have explained more, but or also they really don't bring a lot in the way of manly ass whooping skills. 
Yeah. Because they're they're A exclusively woman. Yeah. Um B likely to be embittered woman. Yeah. And the black sisters themselves tend to be the older ones because they've spent their lives getting bitterer and bitterer and falling further and further into the floor of Ivana. Because so, you, you you can be a young optimistic cleric of Saren Ray, but you can't be a young optimistic cleric of Gaborona. Yeah, so, so well there's no reason that Gaborona couldn't have a bunch of um strong Amazonian warrior type women in her ranks. Um, the trick is when you're the champion of disaffected women, women who are capable of picking up a sword and kicking ass don't tend to answer your call all that yeah. well. Kara mm-hmm. wouldn't have had a bar yeah. of her. So her cult is actually seriously lacking in martial types. So the, um, they may not have a better option. As yeah, really not. Yeah, particularly because they're also not exactly the most powerful evil church as evil churches go. Correct. As opposed to um, harder ass evil churches that you know have entire kingdoms at their yeah, disposal, yes. at mean, which point you can have people of whatever designation you desire. I, I mean, resurrecting someone that Phrasma herself supposedly kills yeah. a bit indirectly, but um, you know, it is as far as Tristan is concerned, not possible. But yeah. who knows? I mean, we hear all these legends about the gods having ultimate power, but of course, it's not true. <laughs> Only the fate of ultimate power. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, it would presumably be an extremely difficult thing to do and therefore beyond the cult's present resources as far as we know. Yeah, yeah. But then nobody thought the stag lord, there was a stag lord down well, here with an armory of bandits because no one had actually gone and looked. You, you'd understand the basic way to raise dead and resurrection spells and that works is it completely depends on whether Phrasma has judged their soul and passed them on to the next life or not. Yeah. Which can happen instantly or can take hundreds of years depending on some divine schedule you don't understand. Yeah, so the people that are brought back, she's judged, she hasn't judged and passed mm-hmm. on, which is able, if she judged and passed on John, we wouldn't have been able to yep. resurrect him. Which and is an awesome part of the Pathfinder universe, because it's completely a universe justification for, no, can't raise the king, why, it's his time. Yeah. God said so. Yeah, but the um, conception is that, um, you know, just because that's a rule of the universe doesn't mean with enough black magic there might not be a way to break that rule. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I mean, it's not something I'd fancy doing, but then I don't want an ancient barbarian I don't want an ancient barbarian warlord to come out and rampage and destroy civilization. No, no, kind of nobody does. Nobody likes the Tiger Lord barbarians. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> What, the, um, they were just kind of generally unpopular? Yeah, well, well, essentially, the River Kingdoms are united against having, you know, angry barbarian tribes rolling around in their kingdoms. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> They've sent Hannes Dreyliff to deal with it, so you know the problem's solved. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, in all fairness, I don't know that he's not effective at killing people. All I know is he's a dick and he steals other people's mercenaries. Yeah. For, although, all, you know, for all I know, that might make him more effective at killing people. Although you haven't heard him bragging at great length about his mighty victories over the roaming barbarian bands that are within his lands, which suggests it probably hasn't happened. That's very true. Also, I do know that he's fought it up and built one giant city, so yes. he may just not have found the Tiger Lords yet. <laughs> he may just be squatting in his castle, screwing his hot shake. That's pretty much exactly what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to get a better handle on trailer. Like, you know, when you first meet him, kind of invincibly arrogant is all you get, but as you get to know him better, you start to get a better assessment of what else is going on there. Okay. 
Alright. What's next on your list of things to do? <laughs> um, relationship points. Yep. You said I might be getting someone that you sh- I should remind you so you can check. Oh, yes. Um. Yes, this is just all more aftermath. <laughs> Although, in all fairness, I've been building it up for a while. You did not do that. Did not do that. <laughs> No, the ones I have that you have achieved, I have already crossed out that you have uh, accomplished. Right, okay. The, the one I had in mind was um, slaying Hagrolka and slaying the Aldea, which are Corn and Brim, respectively. Yeah. But I've given them both to you already. Okay, sweet. Oh, that's anticlimactic. My, no. apo- my apologies. To that's her. quite right. So you test not a big deal. And you've asked to not know about the ones that you yeah, haven't yeah. got, so yeah, I yeah. won't tell you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Although I pretty much worked out that I botched something that's just from with regard to Cattleman. <laughs> Not letting him summon any ancient monstrosities. Uh, you have not achieved any of Kristen's book two at once. Yep. <laughs> Could I have a count on how many book two ones I have achieved? Uh, it's three three for everyone. Yeah. Three three available for everyone. Do you want to know what you've done in yeah. book two that's pleased them essentially? Yeah. Uh, so for Bryn, um, you failed that, failed that, and slew the Albia. Yep. That's her point. Yep. That you killed the mighty beast threatening your kingdom. Yep. Uh, with Corwin, you killed Hagrolka. Yep. Which, unsurprisingly, as a dwarf who was opposed to trolls. Yep. Um. Are you sure I got the point for that? I haven't uh, boosted Corwin in quite some time. It's crossed off. I must have got yeah. the point for it. Yeah. Uh, and the other one that you have accomplished his was saving Jubilus Nathropel's wagon from drowning. Yeah, I remember that one. The water-based one. Yeah. Uh, Michaela, I have ticked off that you solved Gregory, the Gregory problem with words rather than violence. Yep, I got that quite a while ago. Uh, Surprisingly. Missing her other two. Which is either you haven't done them or you haven't done them yet. Yeah. Because of the nature of the campaign, a lot of them still drift into each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, if there's something, if there's things related to hexes I haven't explored yet, I haven't and, explored and yet. And technically speaking, all of her book one ones were in book two as well, which would give her a position on the council. Yeah. Which was a gimme. Uh, keep three of your long-term promises, make yep. your backers. Which I, uh, I got, and it's a good example, because that was well into book two uh, when that happened. And fail to be a judgmental prick about the fact that she can command undead. Which, I, yeah, I've got this big pile of Michaela's ones. Yeah, and... Yeah, Tristan, you have nothing. Yep. To <laughs> That's all right. The relationship's going up anyway, just more slowly. <laughs> anyway... So next thing, next thing. Next thing, next thing. Um, is and that's coming around the last to the last one. Mm-hmm. Is talk to Michaela about advice positions. So for this, I need my I need a couple of things. Kingdom chief of your royal council and um, the um, sheet of um, backup councillors.
It would be a very different campaign if I hadn't yielded to my impulse and uh, decided to give Goody Niska a try at Spymaster. I wasn't. It wasn't like I was that invested in Plan Niska. It, 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 it's just kind of interesting. It would have changed everything. Mm-hmm. Well, not necessarily, because she'd still have had her hooks in Svetlana. Yes, and I would still probably have. So. So you have you have Lady Michaela Morag. <sighs> so probably won't surprise you. Um. We need to reorganise the council a bit. Yes, of course. I have some extensive ha- notes. <laughs> <laughs> what with me having murdered our councillor and everything? Well, despite the damage it's done to the kingdom, I can hardly say that we'll miss her. That we'll miss her kind influence. Nay, no, I, I, I can't say I have any regrets on that score. But um, it le- does leave us short a councillor, and in desperate need of someone who can do the job and who can. Well, repair the damage, not to put too fine a point on it. Um, while I want to keep Svetlana on the council, I'm rather inclined to move her out of the spot in master position if possible for any number of reasons. Understandable. And as you know, Bryn will shortly be vacating the position of Royal Enforcer and taking on a position we have yet to fill on the council. Yes. It, at least there's one bit of this that's a bit more positive and a bit less horrible. Um, the reason I'm, I could use your advice generally about this, of course. but one of the reasons I'm coming to you first is um, of the um, people that have been uh, that are my particular friends. Um, the others have all been given roles that have more or less worked for them and not jostled about, whereas as you've been um, knocked from pillar to post and never once complained about it. I'm familiar with the concept of serving where I'm needed. I wanted to... Obviously there's some limitations on who we can move and where, but I wanted to offer you... I wanted to hear where you would prefer to be as far as positions that are vacant or even if there's some that we can move around. I admit I'm pretty keen to keep job and the high priest after role, which I know is what you were primarily interested in. I understand. But I wanted to give you your first choice. So yes, um, that's the... I'm interested in, like, the obvious ones are um, spy master, diplomat, and counsellor being in the semi-vacant positions, uh, and whether she she's has She's done any... spy master and diplomat, hasn't she? She hasn't done counsellor. She hasn't done counsellor. I don't know if it's something she would be interested in. I know high priest was her preference. But I'm interested in if there and she hasn't done well enforcer. I don't see it as being something she'd want to do. But I'm basically asking which one she's most interested in. Uh, so she will. She hums and hearts and thinks about it, and will fill any of those roles need filling, including royal enforcer. Um, she won't turn down any of them. Um, in terms of what she wants to do. Um, It's Spymaster, but it's not a strong preference. Interesting.
Cool. I enjoy being in the heart of it, the flow of information. And frankly, any of those roles, even the Royal Enforcer position, involve keeping an ear out to the ground, keeping an eye on what's going on. Certainly, we need somebody doing it. Well, I'd be very happy to have someone I could trust in Spymaster after the, um... And, um, I would like to, um, move Switmana out of there. Um, I... Don't want... She made a mistake when it came down to it. She trusted me. That's important. But she did conceal information I needed to have. And I'd like her out of that post, at least for the time being. Quite understandable. All right. Um, well, that wo- that suits me very well, then. So we can put you in as spymaster, um, in which case I'd be very inclined to give um, Svetlana a try at diplomat again. I believe she would fill the role excellently. She was doing a um, she was doing a good job, and it's something she's already familiar with, which um, sorts out our existing councillors, and that means the two roles we have vacant are councillor and royal enforcer. Now this may sound a little daft, but um, my thought was for. Um, Royal Enforcer as a possibility was to consider Kressel. She's um, taken um, very patiently and politely into um, being stood down for the time being. I think she's matured some, and I'm primarily looking for some. And I'm primarily looking for someone tough who I can count on to behave with at least moderate restraint. I think she would do. So I think she would do a decent job in the role. Although we have not had any special need for it, like you, have, you haven't used her as the royal enforcer at all. In, in, the sense in the sense that you haven't used the special royal enforcer ability to um, reduce your unrest. Yeah, it's um, nay, but um, we may. Be, it's probably not a good time to have the role vacant with um, things the way it seems. I may be, um, I may be needing it, and whether or not. Um, whether or not I've used her specially, she serves a general fault role, keeping an eye on the kingdom, keeping out of trouble. And she, she provides her stat bonus, yeah, yeah, whether yeah. or not I'm using yeah. that ability. Yep. Um, so that's that's the thought there. Um, yeah, uh, M- Michaela will give you some vague cautions um, on the back of filling all of these roles with women who could totally be called Sky Runner again. Which, like, you had Kressel on your list of potential Svetlana obviously was one. Uh, the old Beldame is somewhere on your list of potential counsellors as well. Oh, right. And, of course, you know, she's another... You yeah, know, yeah I, I think, um... Can I have, um, what position she'd be interested in? That's actually... An, I, I don't want to put her on the council at this stage, but it's not just nice information to have. The old Beldame. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, she her primary interest was magister yeah she's a woman of learning um, obviously wasn't that interested in the martial yeah, generally yeah. wardeny but the uh, manly ones if you will um, so all the information is of course in two different two two to four different places you're doing just fine Sita. Uh, primarily, she would bite on Magister. Yeah. Um, she might also bite on something like Spymaster or Treasurer. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
very helpful sweeter. But she'd also be she she could probably be persuaded to have a look at a few other options. Yeah, no worries. I mean, for obvious reasons, she doesn't want to be the general of your armies. Yeah, that's that's the one that no one wants. <laughs> well, it's, that's why it's good that I've got Akros. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Kundal wanted general. Yes, true. Um, so my other thoughts for the enforcer would be um, Kundal. Um, or um, Loy Resvin. Both of whom would serve admirably in the role. They're both... Um, I'd be um, happy with either. Yep, both of them would buy. Right? Yep. Um, and then for Counselor, I agree that... Um, not wanting to be blunt about it, but it's probably a time to have some men in some of these positions. <laughs> If only for the reassuring yeah. nature. And I think particularly important, we need a cl- as much of a clean break as possible in the council of positions. One of the reasons I don't want Svetlana to do it. Yep. Um, so my thought, I have to say, was um, Christopher Rossi. Indeed. Uh, now, I'm just trying to remember... Um, He's primarily wanted Magister, but yeah, Councillor yeah, yeah. wasn't. No, his no, list. it's it's whether she knows he's a member of the Secret Order of the Silver Twilight or not. I um, would think. And she, yes, she does because she, 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 she made that list. Contact, yes, because yes. not all of your council know that. Yeah. She. Yeah, well, I'm endeavouring to not blab about the Order of the Silver Twilight because I was asked not to. Uh, a second member of the Order of the Silver Twilight. The man is intelligent and capable. Uh, you want a counsellor? That's what you're looking at? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm happy with Tristram as Magister, which is the other one, but... And he straddles and he straddles a line but and he straddles a line between the nobility and the common the the, no, the upper class and the more common class. If he's um kin to Tristram, hopefully the Fae will feel they can confide in him. I've um been a bit concerned about not having that relationship since um Lady Nickel passed. Of course there is some uh, there there is some there, there, are, there is potential for problems in assigning another two members of a faction to the council. Like you've just gotten rid of two cultists, two, two members who were cultists of Gairona. Now oh. you'll have two members who are all of the Silver Twilight. Essentially, um, or she's not telling you not to. All she's telling you is it will give the order a greater voice in what your kingdom does because you're giving them multiple votes in the council. To, a, to an extent, it's intended to placate the young order. I dealt them a fair whack over Candlemere. The young... Um, I'm not one about to let them dig up an ancient ruin full of monsters. I, do not, I don't think it's necessarily a bad decision. I just want you to be aware of the potential pitfalls. She, uh, she is here to advise you yeah. rather than tell you it's a good or a bad idea. Yeah. Do you have a... Pro- I'm pretty... I don't have anyone else particularly in mind as alternative counsellors. Do you have any thoughts of anyone... Except possibly for Loy Resbin and that as well. Well, there was that Korax the Lumberjack fellow <laughs> who wanted to be king. Let's pick him. Uh, you yeah, know, that's that's probably about what she's got to. Are, are you looking for a bigger list of the NPCs 
because you feel that you're missing people? Or no, I'm I'm looking for if she has any suggestions for people she's surprised I'm not putting up there as the obvious counsellor style of thing. Uh, no, there's certainly nothing that there in your choices that that she says. Mm, I'm surprised you're not doing X. Uh, the one really outside option she will float just to give you the option is uh, Queen Vesket of the Lizard People. As my counselor, as as a member of your council, right? Period. Like it's it's a pretty out there pick given your relative um, degree of peace with them. Yeah, but she's floating the option it, as a potential option. It, I'm not. I would like to have someone from the Lizard Folk on my council when we have a more permanent peace with them. Yeah. If they want that level of influence, they need to make peace. Yeah, but that yeah. is a good point. Remember, this is this is the GM talking to you through her somewhat yeah. and basically going, these are the array of options yeah. you have, not necessarily for better or worse. The um, challenge is, um, I would somewhat like to have a Fey member of the council to um, represent that voice in the absence of Lady Nickel who can mm-hmm. speak for them. But none of my choices precisely appeal at present. Mm-hmm. Take Tata's hat scene. Take Tata's hat scene. Relatively level-headed. But no, I think you're right. Then my last question is: if she has a pick of, out of the um, three possible suggestions for a royal enforcer, uh, what are your three choices? Crystal, Kundal, or Loy Resmond. Given my choices, I would not pick Kundal. His condition means he will be unable to perform his duties at various times. Aye, that's a good point. And there is potential for another scandal should it be known that our count- one of our councillors is a werewolf. Aye, I'm already going for world's most inclusive councillor. I um, possibly don't need to push my luck too far in that regard. Uh, Lloyd Resmond has served capably and well as the mayor. It, it is really a question of I'm sure he would be up to the job is really a question of then filling his then filling his, his vacated shoes I, I don't have a particular I don't have a replacement mayor in mind necessarily as for Crystal we've dealt with her on the council before she's hot headed inclined to act before thinking but that may be what you want in this sort of role I I think um, it's a good point about good points about Kundal and, and Loy. I um, have had in my mind that I've no particularly suitable mayor at this time. You you certainly won't be stat penalised for picking Kundal because it's only going to be a minimum of three random nights of the month that he's not available. But it's you really just might run into the odd plot of your enforcer is not here because blah. Yeah, but the um, the point about how many more public scandals yeah. about my council can I necessarily absorb, given that I've yeah. the ones I've already had? Of course, on that note, Crystal is, is a former bandit. Yes, but the, everybody already knows that. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's going to be a surprise. Mm-hmm. And she's already been on the council. I mean, I don't think she's going to turn out to have um, massive criminal convictions about the nations like Ah, uh, It's certainly possible. Yeah, Mum. 
It, the thing is, anybody can have a secret past. It's just the point is, we already know Kundal's werewolf. Yeah. Although, in all fairness, that did kind of come out publicly. People generally know Kundal's werewolf. Yes, yes. That, that was a big, in fact, a big public scandal about him being a werewolf already. Mm-hmm. But there is certainly an argument that uh, my council was possibly crazy enough with just the column without adding, just the column and the cobalt without adding a werewolf. Okay, so that's fine. Um... In which case, I will speak privately to Svetlana and talk to her about switching over to the diplomat position. Yep. Do you want to have a conversation, or are you just happy to? No, I, no and yeah, to, she's happy to do it. And um, to Cressel and Rossi about taking on the enforcer and um, councillor positions. Yep. Cressel uh, would be very happy with that. Um, Crystal Rossi is, is kind of surprised, but uh, yes, by all means, I'd be delighted to step into such a role. The, um, I always thought you'd make a good magister, but Tristram's doing us very well in that department. And he sort of raises his eyebrow somewhat skeptically, actually. And of course, and of course, given that you know my affiliation, given that you know my, my affiliations and my gender, I can safely be relied upon to not be a secret member of any cults of Garona. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> I think you're fairly safe there, just to that that was the, the um I, I think people will have confidence in your lack of being in, col- in, in your your not being a member of the Church of Garona. Yes, that is. Um, but that is only one of. The, there are um, many people who, by gender, are um, safe of that persuasion. Or of that persuasion, I do genuinely think you're a um, man of intellect who I think could be a good listener. And um, I'm looking for someone who can represent the concerns of all the different kinds of citizens, not just the ones like himself. And I see you as that kind of person. I believe I'm I believe I'm up to the job. You understand, of course, that I won't be renouncing my membership in the order, nor announcing it to the council at large. I'm content to have you in that regard in the same manner as Tristram serves in that. And I assure you, if we happen to come across any more vast scholarly finds, I should be arguing most strongly to keep them instead of <clears throat> allowing others access to them. <laughs> There's a, like, like he, just a slightly pointed stare. He's yeah. not going to heavily poke the bear, but, yeah. you know, you said I don't... You, you more or less said to him, you know, I don't trust you to have access to it, so I'm giving it to the cultist of that, right? If there's any more um, evil cursed earth, earth, earth relics, I'll um, endeavour to be more careful in my choice of deposition. And with the provisions that I do have um, an arrangement with, um, what's her name, um, la- with Lady Jerabeth, mm. um, I'd be more, within the restrictions of my um, agreements with Lady Jerabeth, I'd be more than happy to have the order taking a look at any archaeological finds not already covered by that. He understands that. It's my hope that any future archaeological finds I make will be a bit more survivable. Because the other one I found collapsed on me. Mm -hmm. But in all fairness, I did find, like, three elven ruins that haven't been collapsed or destroyed or anything. Mm-hmm. One of which Jerabeth is excavating as we speak. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's perfectly possible I might find some ruins that are not elven and not covered by her agreement. Anyway, she only gets first dibs at them. The order can also yep. have a look around once yep. she's had a poke. All good. Cool. 
All right, and that being the case, I am happy for the month to at last pass on. Okay, so... Is, is this still Eristus? Uh, I believe that the... Let me find the calendar. I believe it's now Eridus of uh, 14... Uh, 4,717, possibly. No, Eridus is when I'm getting married. It is Aristotle. It is Aristus. Aristus. Yeah. Yeah. So, are we still in Aristus? We are doing, still. Are we doing the kingdom turn for it? No, we've done the kingdom yeah, turn. Yeah, because the kingdom turn incident was Bryn gets attacked. Yeah. yeah. So, no, a million years ago, um, this um, four sessions ago, we did the kingdom turn this month, where I prepared a set, um, claimed E7 and began preparing a settlement. Yep. Oh, cool! I actually did that. Um, made a farm in East Thicks and built a temple of Aristotle. Yep. Then Bryn was attacked. Yep, so over Aridus you were going to have your wedding as the event. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> John's werewolf incident is going to be out. It's on my pre-roll list of events. Ah, right. John's werewolf... Oh, no, right, the, 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 that's, that, that's going to come up. Yeah, right. the reason he got killed in the first place. Right, yep. So that's... That, I, th- I think we've covered that. But it's been jumped ahead because uh, Goody Niska brought it to light earlier. Yeah. Uh. Okay, so uh, depending on what you would like to do, um, we can do the kingdom turn or um, do the wedding first. I'm happy with either or. Um, my or- preference would be to do the kingdom turn first on the basis that that gives the sort of general background of the wedding, what's happening and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the thing is, after the wedding, um, you will probably be, just be doing a bunch of kingdom turns because you're essentially just entering a period of miscellaneous um, peace at that point. Well, the thing is, um, what I would quite like to do is um, do um, a bit more hex exploration. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just telling you... Um, that you'll probably be doing a bunch of kingdom turns somewhat in a row. At which point you're suggesting I could just do this kingdom turn as, as another one. As another one and do the role playing first. Correct. That oh, sounds like a reasonable up how you want to do it. That sounds like a reasonable um, plan. A period of relative peace sounds lovely. <laughs> Alright. Okay, so there will be several things uh, coming or in and around your wedding. Yes, so um, I think I'd like to actually pick a day that well, we're having the wedding yes, so that I can have... an anniversary, have, by all means. have an anniversary. Let me look at my options. Uh, I'll, I'll just tell you, basically, this is your kingdom event for the turn. Sweet, that's fantastic, so I don't have to worry about... I think I'm going to say the 10th um, of Aridus. And um, this is, um, you know how we have six festivals a year? Yep. This is going to be one of them. Yep, by all means. So you have um, about a week before the wedding, um, you will receive numbers of essentially a courier on a horse um, who tells you that a... 
Mervinese party um, with the with the queen wrestling in it are going to be passing through your kingdom, um, and that she would like to have a meeting with you. Uh, she is not going to be attending your wedding for reasons that, that are not given by this courier. Yeah. But, um, but she'd like to have a meeting with me at, at this in, in the near future. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Hell yes. So you get um, a, a literally a cavalry of her troops comes riding into town. Um, like a hundred people strong. This is kind of why they let you know that she's coming because yeah. it is functionally a small army moving through your territory. Yeah. Um, Dun and Joss to the warden among them. Yeah. Um, and there actually isn't anything badly relevant happening here. So, um, I don't know whether you want to actually do any scenes with this woman and meet her, or um, just get uh, an info dump somewhat. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I'd like, you know, a description of what she's like. I'm okay. happy to yep. Yep. Uh, have the actual meeting be a, um, and then she tells you X-style summary. So, Rast Celine is, um, is quite a fascinating woman, um, she, at first glance, doesn't appear to be anything terribly special. She's a little bit tall, human woman, um, passing, passing her late 30s at this point. She's a little bit taller than the average woman, but, you know, has some vague musculature, but kind of willowy, doesn't look like anything particularly physically impressive, or clearly fit, but not built or particularly lied or anything of the sort. She is, however, supposed to be one of the greatest swordsmen in the kingdom. I'd love to spar with her, but um, it's probably not an ideal setup for a formal diplomatic meeting, but maybe later when our kingdom was more awesome. Um, and she, when, your, your impression you take away from her is she is... Um, actually quite polite and quite respectful of you personally like what your kingdom has done um, she she comes and gives you it, it's definitely not ah thank you for all your fine work because that indicates that you're um, superior to what she's capable of doing in some fashion yeah. but couched in all the diplomatic language uh, she is very pleased with what you have been doing in relationship to your relations with Mivon and how you've been working together against the trollish threat and this sort of yeah. thing. Uh, she is incidentally passing through to Brevoy to go and do a bunch of high diplomacy there to explain why she can't lend them any of her armies yeah. to sort out their civil war. <laughs> she has no interest in doing so, given that her armies were mysteriously available when it was trolls on her borders. So. Yeah. Um, it couched in the diplomatic language because some of this you'll get during it others Michaela will explain to you afterwards uh, she would actually be quite happy to see Brevoy just disappear quietly into the night yeah. you know, she's not particularly invested in there being a massive civil war and lots of deaths but if the kingdom of Brevoy ceased to exist she wouldn't shed a lot of tears over it, it's obviously yeah. good for her um that's interesting, but she's friendlier than that to our kingdom because our kingdom is actually doing things that benefit her. Yes, which means that Brevoy presumably hasn't been. Uh, yeah, they they as as the, you haven't heard any of this in advance. Of yeah. what's coming out in this meeting basically? 
Um, they have a somewhat strained relationship, which comes from the fact that um, large chunks of Brivoy refuse to acknowledge her. Like, she's not allowed to participate in any of the Eldori Sword Lord tournaments, the official ones, because she's a woman. Yeah. Therefore, she holds very few actual titles. As in w- where she should be the, the uh, high champion. Oh uh, yes, uh, yes, I, I, I see what you're saying. She she's not allowed to compete in events that she would truly win, and yeah. thus, well, like um, I guess it's like the equivalent of I mean, imagine if Amico hadn't been allowed to compete in the Ruby yeah. Phoenix tournament. I mean, it's, it was a huge deal in Minkai that she had that title, but if she the, hadn't been allowed to compete, the official Sword Lord colleges have said to her basically, as a woman, you would clearly be beaten. So we're not going to allow you to humiliate yourself. Uh, yeah. And she said, "Well, actually, I think you're worried I'm going to whoop your ass and humiliate you." Yeah. Which presumably, while uh, both true and likely to be very accurate, didn't make them yeah. come over all warm and fuzzy. Well, this is not coming from from the Sotovas, from the the previous king of Brivoy personally. Uh, those colleges hold a lot of power and have a lot of influence over the king and vice versa. Because they're basically the noble families Correct. of Brevoy. Correct. It's the same group of people. It's like, um, you know, all the kings of England, all the all the ruling people in England coming from the same four colleges. Correct. So if you come from this group, you're so one Nic- of the people of Nikolai power. Sotova, the, the previous um, now-dead king, um, has not actually um, personally flipped her off but he allows that state of affairs to exist and doesn't intervene in any way. He tacitly encourages it. Yeah. Um, so that is where some of the tension comes. Yeah, no, them. it's um, it makes very good sense to me. I'd be pissed if I was her. Um, and she's quite glad to have you as a it, almost as a buffer state between her and Prevoy, because yep. if they go to shit, they're going to have to invade you first. Yes, which is quite true. Which I is, mean. of course, what one of the things Brevoy wanted out of putting yep. you in this position, was to be a buffer state between Mivon and them. Yeah. Or Pytax and them. It was more Pytax, I think. But, but Mivon is there as well. Yeah, yeah. Yes, because there's no denying that while Brevoy certainly could stomp my kingdom into the ground, it wouldn't exactly be their first choice. Um... At about this point, um... And it would also, you know, potentially be quite costly for the relative benefit they'd get from it, at which point they'd then get... Th- their prize would be the opportunity to invade Mivon, which they probably don't want to do anyway, but... At, at about this about. point, you will get the various monies that Mivon has, has already paid you. You've already listed yep. them yeah, for fighting the trolls and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, less a big bag of cash passed to Caelan and more... Yeah, yeah. You know, for the the heroes of your kingdom, I'll just put put it miscellaneously over here. Yeah, well, it's probably in you know like trade goods over the next few months. Yeah, anyway. yeah kings do not pay each other. Kings and queens do not pay each other yeah. large sacks of gold. Yeah. Um, and essentially, you have a very friendly diplomatic meeting with her, where she says, you know, if you need Mivon's aid or vice versa in the future, you know, we will know that to some degree we can call on each other. And um. Kaelin will express enthusiasm for this proposition and explain his plans to um, extend, you know, the kingdom downwards to meet up with the um, pier and things that Mervon have established and make safer trade roads and the like, because, you know, we've had problems with bandits trading and just generally be enthusiastically in favour and will actually personally thank you very much for being prepared to assist us in our hour of, being prepared to assist us in our hour of need and speak warmly of the courage of the Mivanese troops who, um, you know, 
Face day, um, vast troll army and nearly got killed and did not, in, in effect, stood their ground. And it's also setting up good relations. So I believe you got told this. They're setting up a they're setting up a city down in that hex you gave them. Ah, uh, yes, yes, I think I did get told that. Um, you can now actually put it on your map. It is coming into existence next month. Cool. So she has come to basically preemptively inform you this is going to be happening. Cool. Uh, it is the city of Selenia. Can you spell that for me? Uh, it is S-A-L-L-E-N-I-A. Selenia. Selenia. Cool. Named for her, obviously. Yes, so um, because um, the settlement I'm preparing is going to be my third village of Lakeview, yep. which is actually like four hexes up from them and yep. on one of the rivers, so there's going to be... You know, because Elksrest is quite a bit further north. Yeah, essentially she's come here preemptively to um, formalise your good relations because you're now setting up cities that are within a couple of days' march of each other. Yeah, we're actually... The kingdom is... You know, we're no longer a little village in the north with huge amounts of um, unexplored terrain between us. And generally speaking, she will offer you formal congratulations on your wedding, more personal congratulations on your wedding... Um, and generally tell you you're doing a damn fine job that Stag, you're doing a damn fine job as king and that Stagthorn is, you know, becoming a neighbour to be, uh, not to be reckoned with, to be respected. To be respected. Awesome. Cause Mervon's basically, of the big nations, yeah. I'm, I, I'm super keen on Mervon. Mervon's uh, my, I, and I would like, I am very keen on close relations she will, with them. She will leave behind Dumb and Jot and a handful of miscellaneous accessories. Uh, as her formal delegation to the wedding. Yeah. She obviously has to be getting... And, and she will actually offer you both her formal and personal apologies for not being able to make it. Yeah. If she wasn't... If she didn't have to go sort this crap out of Brevoy, she was actually intending to be here. Oh, that's lovely. Alright, so yes, so, you know, I think part with warm feelings on both sides yep. is Kaelin is... Um, and, you know, not Mr. Not exactly Mr. Subtle is thrilled a bit. Score. Friends with Mervon. That is so awesome. That's as good as friends with Varnhold. Uh, and then we essentially cut on to the various people who are coming for your wedding. Yep. Um, one of whom, um, there will be that, that flash of light just kind of in the middle of your high street. Yeah. Um, as Hannah Drelev and a number of guards appear. Naturally. Um He's come a couple of days beforehand as well. Yeah. And he looks, you know, arrogant and smug and delighted and sends a, sends one of his people off to tell one of your people someone runs to see you and says, uh, King Hannah has appeared in the, in the town square. Yeah. You know, and, and is doing such and such. And just as you're getting there, you see uh, the woman that was with him last time. Uh, yeah. Resty McGee. Yeah, so I will have um, I will have had a um, private conversation with Bryn specifically about her, and have extracted something equivalent to a deal. I won't have any private conflabs with her if she's got important information. Oh, no, in fact, I'll task Michaela with if she has important information. It's Michaela's job as my new spy master to get it out of her without me having. I won't have any personal conversations with her, and Bryn won't deck her. <laughs> That's our deal. <laughs> Unless she really, really, really has it coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, what is what is Bristy McGee's actual name? Because uh, she's his mistress, uh, Lady Quintessa Murray. Lady Quintessa Murray, yeah, because she's his mistress. She's not his actual wife. 
Uh, she she is actually um, fulfilling some actual function on his royal council. Oh yeah, she's one of his councillors. Uh, your your assumption was that she's a spy master. Yeah, she announced herself as basically being in charge of resources. And yeah, things. yeah. Um, however, when you get there, she is not here with him. Yeah. Um, and he is looking around happily, smug on his own, like she hasn't appeared. Yeah, sweet. Not as, and she slipped away. And then, um, he comes to you and and offers you some formal greeting. He says, "Ah, you know, King, King Kalen, a pleasure, a pleasure to see you again, King Drelit. Uh This is the the local inn. Then I suppose it will do. It's it's fine. It's fine." Uh, Lady Quintessa will be joining. Lady Quintessa will be joining us shortly. I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind us teleporting in like this. But when one employs a when when one employs a highly proficient wizard like a Mecha Struan, one of my other many powerful counselors, one doesn't need to waste days on the road sweating over horses and things. It's just fine. <laughs> well. Uh, <clears throat> Congratulations to so sort of doesn't quite look at his watch, but he's clearly just waiting for the show. Well, congratulations to you on your wedding then, and and I suppose poof, there's the other flash of light. There's a bunch of people there, uh, and another woman who is not Lady Contessa Murray. She is startlingly more made up and startlingly less attractive. Yeah, uh, this woman. Oh my goodness! Yep, yeah. um, she is wearing this ridiculous high hat, heavy robes that are. Embroidered, her robes appear to be literally embroidered with golden gems. She has rings on every slightly fat finger, necklace on, crown on, makeup all over her, and this little Paris Hilton esque dog that sits in her arms, also heavily bejeweled. It has a bejeweled collar, it appears to have a bejeweled little nose stud, a couple of earrings on. Galen's no way thinking, you know, if I killed that it's, dog, those would be some fine It, it appears to be look. wearing, like, bracelets around its four feet. <laughs> the dog itself is probably wearing 500 gold worth of yeah, fine jewellery. When Cal- the dog is wearing more jewellery than Kalen wears at his absolute peak of noble finery. And she appears... Okay, before she even says anything, I'm going to make a prediction. And my prediction is that Hannah Australia will no longer be the person from Fort Drelev I'm least happy to see. <laughs> She's going to do her best to top him. She appears, um, looks at the ground, which is, of course, it's not, you know, a muddy wreck or anything, yeah. but it's just a gravel strip. Yeah, yeah. Um, looks at a couple of her retainers. She's got about half a dozen... Half a dozen women with her, um, all of whom appear to have been picked because they are less attractive than her. Yikes! They're not. They're not necessarily hideous trolls or yeah. anything. They're just a bit overweight, you yeah. know, kind of on the older side. Usually, the queen is surrounded by young, pretty, pretty handmaidens. Well, yeah. This one is not. Yeah. <laughs> Deliberately. <laughs> And she looks at one of them, and they go forward and start laying out cloaks and things in front of her so yeah. she can walk along the road without getting her what appear to be silken slippers dirty. Yeah. And she takes you know, the, the dozen steps across to you, and she looks at you, and goes the dog throughout this entire conversation. You're trying to have a conversation with her, and you're getting... 
And she just strokes the dog and says, There, there, Jewel. Mm-hmm. You're a good boy. He's, it's, it's all right. He can't help being a half-orc. <laughs> <laughs> and she comes over to you and looks at you, looks down her nose at you, looks down her nose at Drelev, and Drelev just visibly winces slightly. And he says, Your Majesty, King Caelan, may I make known my lovely queen, Pavaretta Drelev. That's Pavaretta Strewn Drelev. And Caelan will kiss her hand. Yeah, it is elaborately perfumed. Yeah. Um, a, a pleasure to make your acquaintance, Queen Drelev. I, I, and, and Hannes recovers relatively. Yeah. Says, I, I, uh, good to see you. It's, it's lovely to see you, my dear. So unexpected. I wasn't sure if you would be able to make the time to join us. My dear brother, Imekis Struan. My brother, she, she turns to you and starts sort of talking to you, past yeah. My brother, our court wizard, uh, made me aware that there were arrangements to bring Lady Quintessa Moray here, but I really think you deserve better than that, King Caelan. <laughs> Why, at your wedding, you deserve to have a high, proper lady. And I'm sure you won't miss Lady Moray's presence at all with I, Queen Pavaretta Strewn Drelev here. We are, of course, most honoured to have you grace our humble kingdom with your presence, Lady Queen Drelev. As well you should. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of Yes, it's it's so lovely to see you, my dear. Uh, I'm not even going to make the synth motive check because I know exactly yeah, yeah. what's going on here. Yeah, essentially his dirty weekend has been ruined by, you know, his wife showing up instead of his mistress. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's just got to sit through the whole crappy rural wedding and without even the conversation, uh, co- you, conversa- you, a compensation being to have it. You, you can actually make a basic sense motive check here. There is information of sorts. Okay. It's not that secret. Uh, six. Okay, you have hit the DC five. So yeah, um, unsurprisingly, you've, you've pretty much already assumed he yeah. doesn't like his wife. His yeah. wife doesn't like him. Um, there's there's obviously something political in there. Uh, somebody will be able to tell you that the Strunes are powerful nobles in their own right. Um, I believe I've already gotten that he made a political marriage. Yeah, yeah, he has made a completely political marriage. He's also the brother-in-law who's a powerful wizard, yeah. apparently. Out of the deal. Yeah, well, I mean... Um, For better or worse. I mean, the thing is, um, you know, however cuddly his brother-in-law may not, may not yeah, presumably putting him on the council as part of the deal, however yeah. cuddly his brother-in-law may not be, at our level, having a wizard who can cast teleport is pretty damn impressive. He hates his wife. His yep. wife hates him. This You've just seen them at their most civil and finest. This is what they're like in public and high diplomatic functions. What they're like behind closed doors when they're privately alone with each other, you can't imagine. <laughs> if this is as cuddly as it gets. Yeah, yeah. As far as you're aware, they don't have any children. Yeah. Um, but um, Frankly, you're simply to imagine them touching each other. How long have they been... Was he already married to her when he hit the kingdom? Uh, he was already married to her right. when he went down. Okay, so he's, had, she's, he's already got a political wife. He yep. didn't have to go looking for one. Yep, he took his badass wizard down there with him. Yeah. Because Hannah Strato bits of pussy. <laughs> Solves a lot of his problems. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Moreover, um, you're... He should try conquering a kingdom with just uh, just his brother and one dwarf. Then he'd be a hard-ass. You're, you're pretty sure that she knows he's having an affair with this mistress behind her back. Yeah. Um, 
how much she cares about it and how much she's deliberately showing up to influence it and all that sort of thing you, you don't pick up from that yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty but, cool. but she's clearly at least moderately put out yeah. whether or not she's super super pissed or this yeah. is just what they're like all the time yeah. so this is what marriage can look like yeah yeah, Kaelin's, um, Kaelin's, you know, Kaelin's feeling the smug. Kaelin's pretty content with going for the love match. From Dagamark, you get Eugenia Veradu again. Um, their the general, the old woman. The badass chick, yep. yep. Um, I was kind of hoping we would. She's middle awesome. Obviously, you've got Damon John. Yeah. Um, yeah, we get, we're getting a pretty cool crowd that comes to these things. Lord Eldest Thorn shows up. Um, for his formal meeting with you the day before. Yeah. Um, and indeed comes into a meeting with a large number of your councillors and a number of associates with him, so you're not yeah. having a private conversation with yeah, him. You're having a, a very public meeting. Um, where, well, I'll fast forward through this because yeah. playing it out is not particularly interesting. Um, he essentially goes on at great lengths about um, the sacrifices that Bravoy has made on behalf of your kingdom you know, and the kind support they have given you over all this time, and calls upon you in light of this to support uh, the the true kings, or to, to support Bravoy in this time of crisis. He's not actually trying to get you to throw in with one party or another. He's just trying to get you um, essentially to pay for a lot of their citizenry and buildings and a bunch of other things while they're spending all their money on war. Yeah. Um, but what he's actually asking you for is completely preposterous. Yeah. Like he's asking for huge chunks of money in the form of build points. Yeah. Um, like more than we actually have to give, much less more than we would Yeah, not, not quite of. more than you have to give, but um, definitely, you know, give us about 80% of your GDP. Yeah. Could you, could you, could you? That would yeah. be great. Um, and Michaela at some point, you know, leans over to you, sort of fans her face slightly, and, and says to you quietly, a premise. He knows you won't, a premise. He knows you won't agree to any of this. For heaven's sake, don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's merely here, he's merely here for show in front of them. I think so. So he's deliberately come down here with a string of ludicrous demands rather than anything more reasonable? Yeah. Because he wants to actually, you know, see you on your wedding. But he doesn't actually want you to, you know, necessarily feel obliged to give him a lot of money. Yeah. Or anything. So that's fine. So, um, you know, we'll, you know, make noises about, yeah, yeah. you know, eternal friendship, etc., etc. Legally pontificate. Alas, tragic tragic know, state of the kingdom's finances. Yes, your recent troll invasion. Yep, yep. Your <laughs> internal affair, matters yep. of state, and rah, rah, rah. Yep. Tragic loss of counsellors. Yeah. What was that one over here before? Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that's lesson to the rest of them necessarily. However, there is a clear premise here. Try to assassinate the king. King beheads you. There's a message in all this. And Lord Elderstorm sort of, you know, oh, it gets rejected. Yep. It doesn't take it poorly in any way. Yeah, yeah. Um, stands up and, and comes over and shakes your hand and he says, uh, "May I offer you my May I offer you my congratulations on your upcoming on your upcoming nuptials, Your Majesty." Your Majesty. If you have no, if you have no objection, we'll be spending the night. We may attend your wedding tomorrow. Excuse the late notice. Uh, that would be fine, and Lord Thorn would be happy to have you. Shakes your hand in a vaguely manly fashion, and that's the close out of that one. Yeah, uh, you'll be having a more personal scene with him later. Sweet. 
Um, and who are you missing off that list? Pytax and Van Hole. Okay, uh, Van Hole, you get Van. Awesome. Um, won't necessarily play this out, but you've already just yeah. spoken to him. Um, Jamandi does not attend, sends her apologies, but basically is um, playing queen while he's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm very flattered we got Van given it's a scarce two months since he got married. You get Maester Pedrod again because he wants to see Tristan and, and have another lengthy debate in the chess game and things with him. Yay! Um, Please tell me we don't get Garnet Bone Picker. Yeah, uh, he wanted to come, but Van found some urgent business that needed doing that prevented yep. him from doing so. I will privately thank Van and express that while Van is always welcome, if you know further urgent business keeps Garnet Bone Picker away, that'd be fine. <laughs> They're just Pedrod and you know the crazy Druid and all his other guys are more than yeah, welcome. No, crazy Ernie's still back there. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm just saying, if he wants to bring Crazy Ernie yep. at the time, he's most yep. welcome because that Druid is awesome. Yeah, but no. Um, Garnak Bornpicker really wanted to be here. Yeah. Uh, Vance says to give you some sort of, uh, I understand there's some sort of orcish wedding headbutt tradition, but um, uh, he explained that you'd be very honoured if he bloodied your nose extensively just before you walked up the aisle, but I'm terribly sorry he can't be here for that, but we were worried about centaurs on the east flank. They've never been there before, mind, but they could be sneaking up on us. Best to be on your guard. Like, at that point, they'd basically be coming around through <laughs> your kingdom <laughs> yeah. to sneak up on that hole. But, but they are tricky. Yeah. <laughs> the centaurs can be tricky. Yeah. Um, and then the last one you get is Pytax. Yep. Um, where. You do a neat job with all these kingdoms, sweetie. Hmm. Thank you. You will receive a runner. Um, and again, another courier or horseback yeah. um, to tell you that the royal delegation of Pytax uh, will be arriving shortly. It's essentially the same thing. Move on. We're moving a number of armed troops yeah. through your land. Yeah. To, just so you know, we're yeah, going we're, to we're, we're, you know we're, attend we're, your wedding, not no. invade you. Okay, yeah. thanks. Bye. The distinction between large armed delegation and tiny sized army is uh, kind of an important one. Um, and. This is actually a relatively small delegation. Um, for starters, um, the no, that's right. They're not on horseback. Uh, the rider you receive, the person you receive, the courier is not a rider on horseback. Um, it is another one of those first like golems, and he just walks in, yeah, reasonably quickly, apparently. Um, and indeed, when you watch him go again, he goes really fast, faster than first. Like yeah. it's been designed like this one's the, a speed yeah, one for the express purpose of having a higher yeah. land speed. Than what is his designation? Uh, his designation is Courier Thirty Two. Courier Thirty Two. Yeah. Right. Good to know. And he's he's very clearly not. Um, Exactly the same model. He's not yeah. built like an Eldori sword lord. He's built. Yeah, speed. he's a different kind. Yeah. Um, and then you get the the group that comes in is five people, um, four of them, and and they will head literally get directions from the courier and head straight for your home. That being your receiving area of sorts. Given yeah. you don't have a town hall. Yeah. Anything like that. Um, there are five people coming because you'll hear about this long before they get here. Um, four of them appear to be things that look like first. They are Eldori Swordlord Golems. The last one is King Castruccio Iravetti himself. Ooh. 
whom you really weren't expecting. Yeah. Um, you were just kind of expecting some generic people from Pytax. Yeah, I mean, does King Eriveti commonly leave his borders? Isn't he, like, kind of reclusive? Yes, actually. I yeah. mean, he's not so reclusive that him going somewhere is an insanely provocative event. He's never been seen outside his borders for 20 years. Yeah, but it is but surprising. But he doesn't do a lot of personal visits. Yeah. Oh, well, that's kind of flattering. Um, and also, and, and certainly provides an interesting opportunity to see what he makes of our counsellor. Yeah. And then he has requested, essentially requested an audience to meet you and your queen yeah. offers formal diplomatic congratulations and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so they arrive. Um, the four golems move into the room very clearly like bodyguards. They look round, they assess the room. Uh, he will actually leave three of them outside, even it's a diplomatic meeting and only bring one in. Um, and Iravetti himself comes in, and he he really looks like steampunk Doctor Doom. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> he is dressed in in a sort of bronze armor, and it is fully concealing. There is no actual evidence to suggest that he is a man under the earth. Yeah. He could very easily be a golem. Yeah. Um, it has a full full face plate, eye holes that don't actually seem to have eyes behind them. They just go into a slight recessed darkness. He seems to see fine, so presumably he's got sight in there somewhere. Um, but it is this this plain mask. It has an expression on its mouth flap actually moves slightly as he talks, but he has heavy, heavy gauntlets on, heavy full plate. The gauntlets click and clack and have uh, a bunch of shit that Kalen can't make any sense of, but they're essentially, for the player, like servo motors in his hands and that kind of thing. Um, so he is definitely unusual. He's also quite large, not inhumanly so, but you know, six and a half feet tall, broad shouldered. And yet he, he really, really looks like steampunk Doctor Doom. He's got yes. a cloak on, bronze mask, bronze, bronze armor. And he comes in and Your Majesty King Kalen. I am King Castruccio Iroverti of Pytax. A pleasure to meet you. Gives you a perfectly appropriate bow. A uh, uh, pleasure to meet you, King Iroverti. Um, thank you very much for coming. I wish to offer you my formal, my, my personal congratulations on your upcoming nuptials. But he looks to Bryn, waits to be introduced. Yeah, Callum will do so. This is my this is my queen to be, Bryn. Greetings, Queen Bryn of House. She looks there. No house. Hmm. Woods that way. I see. Looks at her. Heard interesting. I have heard interesting things about your kingdom, your Majesty. And many interesting things about you and your. He looks to Bryn again. Unique people. I'm sure you have. Uh, I, as to say, we've um, heard many interesting things about you also. But um, I wasn't expecting you personally to come here. I'm very honoured. Fortunately, I was able to make the time. And it is rare that something 
oh, it is rare that something arouses my curiosity to this extent. Stories of you and, excuse me, your wolf girl, have spread beyond your borders. Slaying trolls, forging alliances with Nivon, it is quite a tale. Thank you. As King of Pytax, it behooves me to stay invested in interesting developments on my borders. <laughs> Was that a threat? Defensive motive? Yeah, I want one. <laughs> Uh, 19. Assuming I don't get penalties because he's basically uh, gol- very golem-like. You you are at a minus two penalty for this because he doesn't make a lot of... The thing is, his his mask does kind of make facial expressions. Like, it's got a mouth yeah. that goes up and down. Its eyes move slightly, that sort of thing. Um, and he's definitely got... His voice sounds quite metallic and echoey inside the mouth. You're literally hearing this. Mm. But it, it has a range of emotion and depth and nuance. It's not just... I am here to communicate with you. Um, oh, well, that's a 17 with a minus 2 penalty. And, yes, not a not a very direct one. He, he certainly hasn't come here... Um, he, he's not trying to rattle you by threatening yep. you, essentially. He's just putting it out there. That um, he's going to be watching his borders if anyone had any idea. But it's more of a he's going to be watching his borders and ca- because no one would better have any ideas about coming his way style of thing rather than he's going to be heading north. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a threat in the sense of I'm totally coming to invade you. Yeah. It's in the sense of, you know, I'm watching you. That could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, but you have my attention. Yeah. And, and there is a slight threat here of should you decide to expand your borders... I will be watching you do it. Yeah. Of course, you've actually got lots of land before you hit Pytax proper, because you've got all that stuff the Iron Wraiths were supposed to be claiming. Yeah. They haven't. Yeah. Because, you know, they ran into that terrible wyvern. Uh, Which which presently belongs to no one. It's not yours, it's not his, and neither of you have made the effort to claim it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Kaelin has quite enough to deal with in his... um, current kingdom battle. Yeah, Pytax is also not expanding towards you. Pytax yeah. expanded really aggressively for a while and then just stopped altogether. Yeah. And this this was a while ago, like 30, 40 years old. Yeah, the conception is Brevoy, one of the things was that Brevoy was worried that they might just start again. Yeah. And uh, given that there was nothing between them and Brevoy but a whole bunch of, la- of cl- land claimed by no one they wanted to. Um, moreover, from your sense of motive, Chief, you will get... Um, he is interested in some of the people here personally. Essentially, your PC party. Um, you, Bryn, Corwin, Tristan, Michaela. You are people that have caught his attention. It's it's What he's telling you is actually quite genuine. You interest him, and he's cool. come to meet you. All right. That's not necessarily a good thing. But, yeah, um, but it's not necessarily a bad thing either. Could be. Or could. Also, just generally, this guy is kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, you can hear tones in the voice and that sort of thing, but th- there's a certain lack of human emotion behind it. Yeah. He, he genuinely could be a golem or something. Yeah. He, many of the rumours suggest he is a clockwork man. Yeah. Um, but that's rumour rather than any sort yeah, of fact. Yeah. You haven't seen anything to necessarily disprove it. But if he is a person, he's a pretty damned cold one. 
he he is here because you scientifically interest him. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've got the context. Oh, do fascinated. Oh, do fascinated to hear more about your conflict with this, with with this Hagrolka. I'd um, be happy to tell you of it, and perhaps to hear how things are going in Pytax, and you know, Kalen is happy to talk to him. You know, yeah. and it'll, you know, without necessarily revealing anything that isn't fairly common knowledge, but you know, it's not actually a big secret or anything. Um, I actually have a specific question. Yep. Um, are you telling him about um, the woman with the green hair? Uh and what you have in that regard. Because um, I imagine that's not very public knowledge in the no. feet of the Grolka. No, um, I'm not. Um, no, you, not, you know, that that wouldn't be part of my story necessarily. Yep. Um, you know, it, it, if he goes fishing for it, I might... Uh, he, he is asking you a bunch of very specific questions, but he certainly doesn't ask you, did he have a hidden backer? Was there a woman with green hair? Yeah, no, like I, I don't tell him that part. Okay. Left to my own devices. Yep, all good. So, he will listen to this with great interest. Um, he will tell you that Pytax... I, I also don't necessarily... I don't tell him the really personal stuff. You know, no. I don't tell him I propose to bring yep, over yep. Hercules' corpse. That's private. But, you know, I, I tell him the more general public consumption story and then Brim and I battled Hercules in personal combat and then we battled his bodyguard who showed up later in personal combat and meanwhile the army and Mivon's army fought the trolls. And he'll tell you. Pytax is well and stable. Its people well protected. Though, though there are many threats, though there are many threats within our kingdom and our borders, the wyverns are ever problematic and impossible to outbreed. But my armies are up to the task. And again, there's that subtle undertone of threat in there. Yeah. He's not telling you he's going to send his armies to kill you. He's just expressing, you know, if you want to throw down, get yeah. ready for it. But, um, and you can't all actually, um, our armies are, um, have blooded themselves against the troll, and I'm very happy with them. They're well protected, well provisioned. I think we're ready for any foes within our borders. Uh, and the- <laughs> you know, come north and we'll make some trouble for you. Yeah. But I'm happy, yep. bo- but I'm happy for both sides to stay within their current. <laughs> I'm happy to stay on our side of Pytax's border. And the other question is, um, given that you've gotten word that he's coming, he's, he's at this point come to speak to you and Bryn personally, because yep. you're the ones that are getting married. Um, and Michaela is probably here, as is probably Svetlana, yep. the general diplomat. Um, and Michaela is your generically political advisor. The others, not so much. Um, what about first? Um, you could deliberately expose him to him. You could deliberately keep him out of the way. You could what, go over in the middle. Given that he I know he's... be at this meeting by default. Given that I know he's coming, yep. what does first want to do? Because he said he was interested in the opportunity to meet him, but he may feel it's a bit too... Uh, if you ask first, first I'll say... I would be interested in I would be interested in meeting with this clockwork king when when it does not interfere on your diplomatic relations. So essentially, you know, when you're finished, this meeting first can come in. Yeah, that sounds good because it's probably a little pointed to include him where he clearly wouldn't normally go. Yeah. So when we've finished our private confab, yep. you know, I'll be introducing yeah, him to my counselors as as I think we do generally. That's what Van did when I came there, as he introduced me to his counselors. Yeah. At which point I would be, you know, introducing him to first. And 
you've and and you know this is this is my important fifth. Erevati stops dead, <laughs> and you you can hear like first as he moves, you can hear the little er, 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 noises coming out of his armor. What is your designation? I am first. What is your purpose? I protect that which matters most. Why are you here? First looks a little blank and his eyes look to you. Uh, we encountered each other in the um, east of my kingdom and um, he agreed to assist me in protecting the people of the people of my kingdom to be. He assisted us in watching over the um, fort that was there then and guarding the civilians while the rest of us went into battle and subsequently agreed to accept the post of my warden. May I speak to you in private urgently, Your Majesty? Aye. Tick, 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 yeah. tick, tick. You have perhaps observed that that unit has similarities to my bodyguards. I admit that was something that um, caused me a certain amount of curiosity. It interests me. I would like to purchase it from you. Ah, I'm afraid um, we consider first to be a citizen of our kingdom. I will offer you 50,000 gold pieces. And that's an impressive price. I um, recognize the sincerity of your desire. Alas, the kingdom of slave form or, or does not accept transactions in slaves. Therefore, the people of this kingdom are not for sale. This is not a person. It is a golem. I recognise some of its workings. But it's not of your manufacture, is it? Blank stare. Uh, uh, you can sense motive them if you so desire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an interesting conversation. Um, ele- Eleven. Blank stare. Yeah. I don't, given my skill ranks and sense motive of two, I don't need a minus yeah. two penalty. Yeah. We can... His intellect appears to be unusual. He is capable of transcending the dictates of his programming. We consider him to be a citizen of this kingdom. I am unaccustomed to negotiating. But I will offer you 70,000 gold pieces, my final offer. I'm afraid my answer remains the same. There's a long blank stare. Yeah, and Kaelin just looks at him. That is unfortunate. I am not asking... Uh, no, that's, that's not quite sorry, but thank you for what he's saying. Um, believe me, it would be to your benefit to have that unit out of here. Surely you recognize that it is defective. He has suffered damage in the past and believes aspects of his programming may have been affected by it. Where was it found? I am curious. And he will again start asking you a string of very precise questions. Yeah. Where did you find it? What was it doing? How yep. long had it been there? What did it look like? What has it said? What does it want? And you can tell him whatever the fuck you like or not, as you please. Um, he can't make you talk to him. I think... Um, Generally speaking, I will um, answer his questions, but um, 
perhaps veering a bit more to the general rather than the specific. Yeah. Endeavouring to stay off the more private aspects. Uh, g- giving him the facts as opposed to more of your interpretation of First's personality, his needs and wants, that yeah. sort of thing. We found him here, he was damaged to yay state based on no, my understanding of how golems work. He, he appears to be atypical for a golem in X respect. Interesting. Perhaps uh, would I be permitted to speak to your council? To would I be permitted to speak to your Magister Thorn further on this matter? He appears to be educated. You would be most welcome. Sounds to educated because you're telling him. Tristan yeah. thinks that. Yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. You, you would be most welcome to. He is always interested in speaking to other men of learning. Uh, and you're welcome to roll me another sense monitor. Uh, that's a regular fifteen. Um. You only just hit this. You, you only get the barest of impressions of this. Um, when he says to you that that, that the unit is de- is defective and dangerous to you, and you would be better to give it to him or sell it to him, as it were. Um, it's not a threat. He really thinks that. Yeah. You know, and he he is getting. Um, he, he is annoyed by your refusal to accept his large bag of cash to yep. get him what he wants. Yeah. Um, but um, but but he's not say he's not telling you it's dangerous because he's trying to manipulate you or anything. He genuinely he believes. thinks it's dangerous. Yeah. It's it's defective and it's dangerous to you in some fashion. Yeah. And he needs to take it because that will be better for everyone concerned, yep. him included. Yeah. Yeah. Not better for first. Yep. Better for you, better for us, Irovetti. Yeah, he's made it clear first on person what's what's better for him is relevant. Um, and there's 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 something else here, but you can't put your finger on it. Yeah, no, that's fine. But um, I will. Um, that would be that would be fine. Um, I appreciate your um, honest concern for our well-being. Um, I hope you understand that we will act to protect the well-being of all our citizens. If you um, yep. if you try and kidnap him, we'll kick, we'll start some shit with you. Your message is understood. A unit as heavily defective as that is certainly not worth starting a conflict over. Okay, and... And that's pretty much the scene there. Sweet. You know, he will make some more diplomatic niceties to you. Yep, that's cool. And um, I will privately let first know the gist of what's happened, because yep. I presume it, Vetti isn't going to talk to him personally. Yep. Um, so, out, out of, away from diplomatic ears, I will let first know what happened. Yep. Uh, when you talk to him about this later, and Tristan, and generally catch up with what's yeah. happening around the place, um, first Eravetti does in fact go and talk to first, unless uh, you very explicitly no, try and prevent him from no, doing I'm so. No, I'm perfectly happy for him to do so. Um, and he goes and asks first a string of precise questions about where he was and what he was doing, etc., etc. And first makes his own sense of Jack. <laughs> yeah, dropped on. Um, Although, in all fairness, it might be easier for him to read a clockwork guy than a regular person. <laughs> and has no idea what, what it's about, what it's about at yeah. all. That's fine. Um, Irovetti doesn't f- 
threaten him in a way that he detects. He doesn't try and drag him off or anything. Yeah. He goes and asks Tristan a series of scientific questions. Uh, Tristan takes away the the, um, impression that Iravetti is extremely smart and extremely interested in this. Yeah. But the um, while we could have endeavoured to conceal first from him, it's um, not a ploy that would have worked in the long term. He yep. would have heard. I mean, you know, our council, who my councils are, are relatively common knowledge. And as Ravitti says, he's paying attention to me now. And yeah, Tristan will pick this up. Uh, betraying a complete lack of um, emotional understanding, um, Ravitti offers Tristan the same amount of money to sell him first. Um, and when Tristan says, well, you know, as I'm sure Kaelin's told you, you know, we do not sell citizens of your kingdom, and gets back, I understand that members of your council function under, function under their own, function under their, to their own purposes occasionally. So he, he just invites Tristan to sell you down the river as well for 75,000 gold pieces. It is a lot of money. Yes. But it betrays a total lack of understanding about you and Tristan's relationship. Yeah. Any sort of good read on Tristan would work out. You know, he's not going to bite on that. Yeah. It's not in his nature at all. Yeah. So he's not as good with people. He's a really bright guy, but he's not necessarily as good with people as he is with whatever his areas of expertise are. And Tristan gets the same thing as you. Very smart, very cold, very emotionally withdrawn. Yeah. He, he may not be a golem, but he certainly yeah, got yeah, something golem like. Tristan will theorize the same as you. Do you think he genuinely could be a clockwork man? If he is, he's um, better, is considerably higher end than first. I think he may just be have that kind of personality. Um, and his guards, respectively, are capable of talking, interacting with people. They're exactly the same as 38th was. Yeah. They are 41st through 45th. Yeah. And they are identical to 38th yeah. in every meaningful capacity. Yeah. So basically, my private communication will, um, uh, with first, will let him know that Iravetti wants to buy him. Yep. That I refused because he's a person, not yep. because the price wasn't good enough. Yep. And that, um, because I consider him a person, not because the price wasn't good enough. And that, um, He's to keep a specifically sharp eye out for himself as one of the people of the kingdom that need protecting and watch out for any yep. attempts. To, you know, if he wants to assign himself a couple of guards to keep a bit of an eye on him, and that that's something we'd actually be okay with as a member of this yeah. kingdom that may potentially be uh, targeted. Chief Sootscale assigns himself to first. Cool. <laughs> The, the two of them seem to have their own weird little relationship going on. Cool. That's hilarious and awesome. <laughs> And yeah, that was Castruccio Iravetti, the clockwork king of Pythax. Awesome. He's good and creepy. Mm-hmm. But a bright guy, you know, it's not all bad. Do you like his voice? No, not particularly. <laughs> I think it's a good clockwork king voice. Yes. I don't like it particularly. But no, that's all cool. Alright, do we want to proceed onwards with the wedding? Uh, up to you. We can... Um... I'm figuring, you know, we're well... It probably won't take that long, so yeah. I'm happy to go ahead with it, essentially. Okay, so... Um, so, one, well, I have bought myself some cool leather armour. I got yeah. distracted and didn't actually do it, but for the purposes of the wedding, let's just say I have cool leather armour. Um, 
that and my crown as well. My crown and Kerrigan's locket, which I will actually wear openly for once, is one what I'm going to be getting married in. Um, before the wedding, um, you know, like a couple of hours beforehand, the next day, um, Eldest Thorn will um, basically just come to see you, see you and Bryn quietly and on his own. Yeah, he comes in with some dumb pretext of, "Oh, would would you be prepared to offer us a million gold instead yeah. of five hundred thousand? Yeah, no, oh, <laughs> well, well, I'm here. Yeah. Um, looks to the two of you um, now does he know that Bryn knows that he's your father? Yeah because they, they had an yep, argument yep. about it yes. previously yep. she, she said um, wolves do not abandon cubs. That's right yes so and then she and then she tried to beat him up and um, beat him in that jewel yep. huh? so he comes to see the two of you on some pretext um, walks in loudly oh, brr, 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 king of Brivoy er, brr, brr. Yes. okay fuck we don't Yeah. Um, he says, "Excuse, excuse all the, excuse all the politics and play, excuse all the politics and play acting. It's necessary both for my safety and for yours. If they knew who you were, they would. There are people in Broadway who wouldn't hesitate to try and use you as a lever. Not, I have to say, that I'd be terribly worried about the two of you." Ah, getting, in, getting into trouble. Not, not as in he wouldn't be worried about you because he doesn't care. Yeah. He wouldn't be worried because he pities the poor bastards that come down to rumble you. As we discovered last month, though, if there's enough assassins, they can get anybody. Because uh, Michaela, yeah. Michaela yeah. and I would have yeah, written to him privately about that. Aye. Politics and backstabbing can sometimes be literal. It's a nasty business. In some ways, you may have been better off out of it, left back in that mercenary company, but if it's brought you a gesture vaguely to two of you, love, whatever this is, then I would say you'd be making that trade freely. It's been a rough couple of years, and a rough couple of months, but... On the whole, I don't... There's a few things I wish I could take back, but I'm happy enough with where I've wound up and who I've wound up with, and I will smile at Bryn, and then I will smile at Elvis. Yeah. I can't argue with that. You've got yourself a good, strong woman here. I. Aye. Aye. Um, I, they, um, came after her with, um, 12 women and 6 different kinds of magic and they still barely managed to put her down (laughs) from ambush (laughs) good girl (laughs) and Brin's sort of (laughs) back at him I won't get a chance to say this openly elsewhere but I'm proud of how you've handled all this boy I'm not happy <clears throat> I'm not happy about what happened between you and Tristan that you're standing where he's supposed to be I know that was his choice not yours 
it's him I'm unhappy with, not you. I can hardly blame you for taking the opportunity available to you. It was both of our choices. I wanted it. It's not. Um, it's not on his head. He didn't ask. Uh, I asked him if he'd be all right with it. He didn't ask me. But I know it's not what you wanted for him. In many ways, you're more my son than he is. And he looks kind of sad about this. He's a strong man in his own way. I'm very proud of him. I think there's plenty for you to be proud thereof. But I'm proud of you. Thank you for coming here, Father. It means a lot. I know it's not. E- I know it's not easy for you up there in the north right now. Look at my neck and a mess, and it's going to get bloodier before it's finished. The further away you three boys are from all of this, the better for all of our family. Aye. The, um... I've, um... After the wedding, I'm going to be styling myself Caelan Thorne after the kingdom. <laughs> he, he gets it immediately yeah. and... Not. Clever. I can respect it, that. It's important to me to give my children a name. It may not be much of a noble lineage at present, but give us a few generations. We'll build something to be proud of here. Looking around this place, I can believe it. Stagthorn's become very impressive. This is the first time he's actually been here. He's met you before elsewhere. Yeah, but this is the first time he's been here, yeah. Stagthorn's become very impressive. Of course, with power comes attention. You've seen Rastaline pass this way. Castruccio Rivetti. Aye, we've got all his attention. And Australia will have his eye on you as well. The bigger Aye. you get, the more fire you attract. But then we've got the resources to handle a bit more as well. We've got actual. We've got an actual army now, not just a couple of militia boys. I'm not saying we can handle any that comes because no one can say what's coming. But we're at least we're at least sending a message that will not be anyone's easy meet. Aye, there's two ways, two main ways to play the game of politics, boy. You can hide, pretend you're weaker than you are, pretend you're nothing, and strike them in the back. That works. Or you can show them the strongest face you can. Make them clear that if anyone raises a hand to you, you'll swing right back. Aye. That keeps them on their toes. It's kept me alive for many a year. Well, you'll be wanting to get on with your wedding preparation then. There's not more I can say. There's not more I can say to you out of these walls, but I wanted to take a moment here. Yeah. Proud of you, boy. Your father means a lot. And to you, Brun. I look forward to seeing these strong cubs. <laughs> <laughs> they shake as well. Awesome. And Eldest departs. And for the rest of the duration of the wedding, he very much behaves like a vaguely disinterested diplomat. Yeah. He's polite. 
Yeah, he, he sits at the back, doesn't, yeah, he sits, pay, sits much, the back doesn't pay much attention. Plays on his Game Boy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I bet he can't do disinterested like Hannah Australia, no. because there's just nothing like the genuine article. <laughs> uh, poor Drew Live. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a rustic kingdom with his wife, nowhere to go and nothing to do. <laughs> There's nothing worse I can do to him than what he's already done to himself. <laughs> to be honest, any need that I might have to be revenged on Hannah Australia for his various moves that might, against me are slightly reduced by the revelation that he's already married to Laylee Trailer, and arguably it doesn't get much worse than that. That's the other thing that um, Irrafini would ask about, because he can see it. That is an interesting blade. The gatekeeper. Because I kind of assumed you you carry around yeah, yeah. so he can just see it. Yeah. Uh, I it is. It appears to be unique, and not of standard Brother Kingdom's construction. Nay, yeah, it's a good deal, but old, older than that. And Kellen will hold it out to him. Yeah. If, if if you're holding it out rather than giving it to him, he will bend down yeah. and examine it closely, but. He doesn't cross any of the boundaries that you, yeah. that you lay. He doesn't touch it. He doesn't try and take it off you. Yeah. It's, um, he, he will poke it's it. It's just so always given guardianship yeah. of that sword. It's not mind hand out to casual bystanders. He, he will poke it and run a finger along the blade, yeah. which makes the yeah. metal noise. But, I mean, that's presumably not overstepping your boundaries. No, no, if no. you endeavor to stop him, he just stops. No, no, I'm okay with that. Interesting. How did you come by it? Blah, string of questions again. And again, you can tell as much or as little as you like. I think, um... I will tell him that I obtained it in an elven ruin and not go into any more detail. Yep, fair enough. <laughs> no problem. And again, he, he asks you a string of quite intelligent, quite precise questions. Yeah. Yeah, just, I, I remembered that was on his yeah, list no, as well. That's fine. Okay, and then we get to your actual wedding. Yes! And so, looking around the place, um, you have your friends, uh, your friends up the front, um, the, the main PCs and your council and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Varn is not actually up there with you because he's not officially your brother. Yeah, yeah. They, unlike yeah. Tristan, who got to be up the front of the family. He, yeah, because he's a because he's a bridesmaid. But but he is essentially man. second row. Yeah, yeah the, the, um, he's in the important dignitary section yeah. as opposed to family. But the point is, they're both here. Kaelin. To all intents and purposes, is just as happy as Larry. Um, the fact that Hannah Strelium is here is not uh, capable of put, putting a dent in his um, in his degree of happy. Hannah Strelium and and Queen Pavaretta Pavaretta Struan Drelev sit towards the the back, um, hold hands, you know, in a very we're totally a loving couple way, and the yeah. back. You you could drive a truck between the distance between them, yeah, but, the, and the, they sort um, of stare at each other with fixed, happy smiles. The, 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 um, if we if we wanted ice for the wedding, we could just you know scoop some out from between them. Yeah. Uh, she books up several rooms in your inn, and Drella, yeah. of course, sleeps in separate rooms. This goes around the town like yeah. wildfire yeah. because your people are bored. Yeah, and frankly, they're really obvious about yeah. it. Well, the thing is, um, we actually only have a tavern in the capital. 
we, we got shit about it in the um, founding day, everyone's going to be sleeping in tents just uh, like yes. at Vaughn's wedding. Yeah, which the two Draylifts will bitch about. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. They're welcome to stop coming to these diplomatic functions because we're too rustic. Yeah. <laughs> it will be noted Kellen has made absolutely no effort to build an um, stag thorn or an altruist, despite the whining. Irovetti doesn't seem to care. Yeah. He sets up in a tent and presumably sleeps there. Yeah. You you don't see him at any point interacting normally with the town. He doesn't go and hang out with a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, he doesn't eat. He doesn't dance, that sort of thing. Yeah. Nothing particularly unusual, but yeah. know, again, nothing to disprove that he's totally a robot theory. Yeah. We, what, what we will have is um, the nicest tents we can muster, yeah. because we'll have some idea of the standing of foreign dignitaries yeah. that are coming here. Well, so. the, the thing is, in, in most cases, they'd bring their own anyway, because yeah. the, uh, the ones that aren't magically teleporting in have to come by road and spend multiple nights in the wild but, anyway. For that matter, they may not need to stay in tents, because we do have houses, yeah. we just don't have and we just don't have a formal inn. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's not as nice. A few houses that we make a few houses yeah, available. Makes, yeah. makes sense. Right. We so, don't currently have noble villa, but we will rebuild it soon. So, do you want to lay out the scene for your wedding then? Or would you like me to do it? Um, I, I've exp- I'm, I'm happy for you to do it. I've expressed the particulars that are important to Kaelin. He will, um, you know, have taken particular trouble with his appearance, but you know, and then he'll have gotten Tristram to help him with his hair and stuff because he's really bad at this. Okay, so so we'll have the ceremony and then the after parade. I think around yeah. the um, yeah, I think the uh, I, I, I think what I'd like that's what I'd like is that you know the two of us after we've been pronounced man of wife style of thing, we can lead the way out to the statue. So. We see Kaelin basically standing up at the altar. It's, it's going to be the very fantasy Christian wedding. Yeah, yeah that's, so that's You're God. standing up at the altar, Jod is officiating. Presumably. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so what do we see Kaelin? The, 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 not to put too fine a point on it, but this is as much of a... It's not just a fuck you Niska wedding, but there is a little bit of a, you know, it's totally my high priest of Aristotle in the church of Aristotle, but we're doing this thing exactly the way we would have if she hadn't intervened. So, um, Kaelin is, um, meticulously scrubbed and indeed slightly red. He's yeah. relatively cleanly as the best rule, but his idea of getting cleaned up for these things involves, you know, a heavy degree. His hair is actually both combed and done up in a, cause Kaelin has quite long black yeah. hair, um, is done up in a nice pony, jewel ponytail thing, you know, he's wearing the crown. He's got, um, an extremely nice set of fancy noble leather armour on, and, um, Gatekeeper and no other weapons, um, and he looks generally scrubbed to the nines, and you know, uh, relatively formal and yet ridiculously outshone by his resplendent best man, who was of course standing next to him wearing significant more jewels. <laughs> so, Bryn will actually enter. Um in of all things, probably not quite what you're expecting. She actually has a sort of white bridal dress on. It is extremely practical. You know, it is technically a skirt and a white bridal top as opposed to just trousers and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, And it's clearly been designed specifically for this occasion. But it is a long, long thick-looking white skirt and then a sturdy-looking white jerkin that shows off a lot of her shoulders. And then she has the wolf cape going down the back. Sure. Um, And the... um, the crown on her head. Yes, because that's the crown that Kellen gave her. Yes, which has the uh, the wolf, the wolf on it. 
and she strides in with Corwin on Corwin reaching up on her. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he's he's well, actually, she's half elvish, so he's four foot three. Uh, she's five foot one, so she's only yep. a foot tall. Yeah, she's actually really short. So. Yeah. So she's only, he's only she's only a foot taller than him. Yeah. And they come in. Although Kaelin would be significantly taller than pretty much any choice of bride, <laughs> given that he's like six foot eight or something, and, six foot nine or something. And Corwin pushes, you know, gets to the end of the aisle, pushes her slightly forward with a um, not quite subtle, well, not quite subtle enough. Well, too late to back out now, lads. <laughs> <laughs> In, a, in an undertone that can only be heard by the first four rows. <laughs> yeah, so just just all the dignitaries then. <laughs> and Jod stands there. And... Yeah, so, Kaelin has a beaming smile up until Bryn enters, at which point it's a daffy ass, um, bewildered, and hit, someone hit me in the face with a Bryn oh smile. God, she really came. Yeah. She's really gonna marry me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you know what that smile looks like. Yeah, it's a total mystery. <laughs> oh. at, at which point, you know, anybody who can make a sense motive to obsession yep. will suspect that his higher brain functions are pretty much X to the church of her still and he's operating on automatic pilot. <laughs> you hear from John John stands up between the two of you and speaks. Dearly beloved Dearly beloved, we are gathered here in the light of Aristotle's grace to bring these two together. I have watched these two young people, Caelan and Bryn of, Stag- of the Kingdom of Stagthorn, grow and change over the last years, growing stronger on their own each, but growing stronger together as well, brought together by the bonds of our community our fair Stagthorn, that these two have invested so much of their hard work, their heart, their sweat and their soul into our community. And so we come here today to honour the two of them and join them together in a foundation that will last forever. And there's, you know, applause for this. And do you have vows you want to do? Um... Not particularly. Not particularly. So, you step forward, Bryn steps forward, he says. Do you, Caelan, then, promise to honour and love, promise to honour, love, and protect this, protect this woman, the community you found, you have founded together, and the family you will raise, in the light of Aristotle's grace, for as long as you both shall live? I do. And do you, Bryn, say that again, gee, I can't necessarily remember exactly yeah, what you said. Yeah, it was perfect. Do you, Bryn, take this man? <sighs> of course. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> does anyone here have any objection? Do, or Does anyone here know of any reason why these two should not be wed? If there is any reason for them to be parted, speak now or forever hold your peace. And there's a pause and eyes pan round the wedding. And are you um, actually looking round to see if anyone's going to run an object? Um, yeah, at this point there will be a certain... Kaelin's uh, eyes may be observed to fall upon the um, assembled masses and there is just a hint of a glare. 
So you will actually see several things. Um, Tristan is totally tearing up. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's a big old sap. Um, Corwin actually very slightly is as well. He's sort of more stuff. And yeah, 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 the, um, yeah the, the church is hot and he's sweating yeah, and that's what, totally what it is. Michaela is, of course, inscrutable. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you know, she's wearing a veil, you can't see her face. Svetlana is tearing up much more discreetly. She's actively trying to hide it. Mm. Um, <laughs> I did tell her she didn't have to come if she didn't yes, want to. Yeah, yeah. Is, is she brought Tobias? Uh, yes, she awesome. is. Cool. He's, yeah. he's sort of fidgeting and vaguely yeah. bored. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Playing with some toys. Yeah. Imagine if that kid, she's bought a little bag of toys for her. Uh, <laughs> keeping Tobias happy will keep her mind off of it. The respective Dre lives are kind of gazing off into the distance yeah. in completely separate directions. Yeah. Just waiting for it all to be over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Castricio Irabetti, is his attention is locked on the pair of you. Yeah. As if nothing else exists in the world that is yeah. so important. Yeah. We, 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 uh, I expected him to be interested in first, but he seems to be equally interested in us, and I find that deeply troubling, to be honest. <laughs> um, and then, as your eyes pan around the audience, down the back, you've essentially got it divided into two aisles. What, what would be bride and groom's family, but neither of you have a lot of families. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. arbitrary division. Um, down the back of each aisle, just sitting alone, slightly off to the side, one over here, one over here, there are two other people that you didn't invite that um, nobody else seems to see. They just seem to be giving them a wide berth without necessarily realising they're there. Um, one of them is a very tall, elven-looking man with with sort of a sallow blue skin. It is, of course, Oberon. Um, and the other one... Yeah is a, again, fairly elvish-looking, very beautiful in a very cold way. Um, sort of this slight, this slight chill in the air around her. The guy that is sitting half a metre away from her that doesn't seem to recognise she's there in any way is kind of rubbing his arms like he's a bit cold, is Mab. Fine. Both of them, they, they weren't here before yeah. when it started. They've just shown up at some point in the wedding... And neither of them seem to see you. Um, no, sorry, neither of them seem to be seen by the yeah. other guests. The um, Caleb will stop. Caleb will abruptly stop glaring and give each of them a very slight, almost impersonable nod. Yeah. Um, Mab stares at you pretty impassively. Over on the other hand, actively smiles and gives you a a um, sort of quite deep congratulatory nod. Sorry. And. Then your attention snaps back and John says, Very well then. In the light of this, let these two let these two be bonded forever by Aristotle's holy arrow. Holy holy arrow. Caelan, please take Bryn's hand. Bryn, please take Caelan's hand. The two of you put your hands together like so. And Jod gets an arrow with a rope around it and literally basically winds it round her wrist, winds it round your wrist, and ties the two of you together with a very basic loose knot on the end of the arrow. That's so cool. He says, let these two be joined, let these two be joined then together in the light of Aristotle's grace. You may at this point, of course, kiss the bride. Mm. Mm. 
And I imagine it around this, Kaelin dives on Bryn, and I imagine Bryn more or less flings himself yep. on Kaelin, yep. and there's an extremely emphatic kiss. Yep, and there's a lot of whooping and hollering in yep. the crowd, because you've got a pretty raucous lot here, yep. generally. <laughs> and eventually we will break it off. Yep. Um, and, um, Kaelin will, um, look up at the statue of Aristotle, which will be standing over the procession, yep. hold on to his amulet, and give a nod to um, the statue as well. Yeah, Nothing happens, but you feel warmer like someone is watching you. And the two of you take off in your little procession around. As you're filing out of the church, it's the two of you out first and then everyone following behind. You see Oberon and Mab aren't there anymore. Yeah. Um, the, the two people that were slightly squished in at the end of each row seem to have just moved back out without realising they're doing it. Yeah. Caitlin's eyes will just casually pass across Elder Thorns as, as he files yeah. past. And he gives you a very strong, happy, not approval and a big smile. His attention was definitely on what was happening. Yeah. It's, um... He, he doesn't appear to have made a lot of pretense at the actual wedding. He's not yeah. trying to hide it. He's looking happy and smiling and all yeah. the rest of it. But on the other hand, you know, I mean, yeah. what of it? Yeah. You know, he's happy to see the town voice investment is paying off. The two of you take your procession down through the town, out into the cheering throngs of townsfolk now. Yeah. You've had about 80 people in the temple. Yeah. But then you've got several hundred people outside. All hail King Kaelin! All hail Queen Bryn! Woo! The happy couple! Woo! Throwing confetti and yeah. flowers and that sort of thing upon you. Awesome. And uh, as is traditional, there are several blunted arrows shot high into the air, arcing over the town in respective directions. Awesome. Um, essentially over the bridal party. As the two of you come around Father Bravia's statue, Bryn stops for a moment, just puts her hand on it, um, and looks up at it and says to it, You would have liked him. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Caitlin will say, Thanks for taking care of her for me. And then takes your hand again. Yeah. And the two of you proceed around the town. Yeah. um, And the wedding procession goes, goes all the way back round towards the temple, we then break out into, um, well, depending on how you would have done it, the fet proper or the fet proper before the ceremony. Yeah, no, um, what we would have had is the preceding day yeah. had a lot of fet celebrations yeah. of the actual games and, par- and, and contest style thing. What we have now is a big um, sort of festival meal thing yeah. um, with the understanding that Caelan and Bryn will be there for the first part yeah. and then are gonna, are going to take off at some point. Yeah. So, um, because essentially they are going to skulk off into the woods for the honeymoon. Yep. <laughs> but and we will stick around for, you know, an initial feast and at least some speeches. And a wide variety of people um, come up to give Which also kind of resolves the whole, you know, a bunch of these guests we don't necessarily really want to hang out with per se thing as we can just skulk off and leave our counsellors to deal with that problem. And a, a wide variety of... Um, of people come up to you, Tristan comes up, that was so beautiful! <laughs> and I will give him a big hug. It's almost enough to make me one of those. Elders Thorn will come up to you and, and say, Congratulations again, Your Majesty. You know, we'll, we'll, be gone on the, we'll be gone on the morrow. Yeah. In, enjoy your honeymoon. Yeah. Etc., etc. Um, Castruccio Uravetti approaches you. The ceremony was of great interest to me. 
Thank you. I will be keeping an eye on the pair of you in the future. Thank you very much for coming. It is important to keep an eye on things that matter. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Big eyes. <laughs> Drill over his wife, can't you? Oh, wasn't that lovely, dear, she says to him. You know, isn't it nice to see a young couple in love, all that promise and hope and future ahead of them? Yes. True love is such a majestic thing when it's found within the confines of marriage. <laughs> What do you mean, confines? It's a word. <laughs> You're a diplomat. Use better words. Uh, alas, Your Majesty, uh, we really must be going so many matters of state to attend to, unfortunately. He was more than happy to hang around at Barnes. Yeah, uh, yeah, but... yeah, of course, I understand. We're very grateful that you um, took the time out of your schedule to come over. And the two of them rejoin their party. He, the, the, one of the people pulls out a scroll and <laughs> they vanish again. Alright, Britt and Callum will probably stay slightly longer at the party yeah. than their close confidence yeah, might know was necessarily the plan of the Dreyland's handbooks. They're literally leaving as soon as humanly possible. Yeah. As soon as they have done the absolute minimum diplomacy required. Yeah, we're they're more, out of here because Dreyland has no desire to yeah. stay with his wife any longer than he absolutely has to. Yeah, well he's kind of bitten himself in the foot by giving himself three days to have a dirty weekend because he had to, that means he had to stick around until the ceremony. Congratulations to the two of you. I am very happy for both of you. Thank you. Yay, Auntie Caitlin! Get to the rice. Yay, Auntie Bryn! Caitlin <laughs> yeah, will hold them upside down because that's <laughs> So, when are we having cake? Is the cake soon? When everyone has congratulated them? That's a lot of people. It's a big cake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And yeah, I, I don't think I'll run through no, the massive right. entire list of people. That's but, right. um, A bunch of people came up to you and offer you congratulations. Um, at some point, um, Michaela stands up and says, If I could have everyone's attention, please, I have a few words to say. And she, she sort of winks slightly at you and does the... Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> into, into the words now. Yeah. And you hear her pontificating on things. I have had the great pleasure to have been a part of this kingdom since... And we have such wonderful people. And she arrests the attention of no. the room. Yeah, and Caleb and Bryn skulk off into the woods. Because, you know, she's put up with a lot of pomp. Like her standards, a ton of pomp and ceremony on So, all done now? Yep, we're totally married. Good. I and Caleb will um, yep. gr- grab her hand. All the silly, all all the show bits are over now. Now it is just as it should be. You, me, and the dark woods. Hi. Let's track down the future. Two of you head off into the woods together. Yep. And close scene, close session. Close scene, close session.